This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Listen, another thing would be nice to give away is booze because it's kind of, as, as you you know, the, the state stores, the, uh, the the liquor and wine stores uh, closed, uh, is it today or yesterday? Last night, or not at midnight, but last night. Last night, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it led us to a brief discussion, and today being St. Patrick's Day, I assessed my liquor cabinet. I'm good to go for a while. Okay. I, I didn't go and stop. You thought ahead. Yeah, I'm good to go for a while. Right, yeah? Oh, yeah. So I was, th- I'm really freaked out about uh, running out of alcohol. Uh, so I went to the, I went to the wine store yesterday because they're closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, but what if like, what if this goes on a long time? It goes time? on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I just got. One case. <laughs> One case of wine. Well, that's oh, my God. Bottles. That's 12 bottles. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well. What, what is that? That's 12 days or six days of wine? No, that's six days. <laughs> that's Sorry, By the way, it's 9 p.m. tonight. I was wrong. It's not last night. 9 p.m. Tuesday. All right. So, okay. So it is today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, I've got a, I have what I call a bourbon vault. So I've got lots and lots of bourbon. And you don't have to drink a lot of it to get a nice <laughs> kick out of it. And I got several. Rochelle quit drinking like over maybe two years ago. Oh, and so you you I have loads of wine if you're in a pinch. I can come over. Although, I have in the back of my mind, Kathy, I've gone, well, if it comes down to it, I'll start I'll drink drinking wine. wine if I have it. <laughs> well, yeah. my, if I've so all to, my options. Don't be so quick to offer it to me. My wife is a wine drinker and she's got... What did she do? We've got a lot. We've got enough. Yeah. So yeah. She's, uh, she she loves to have a wine in the evening. So we're, we're backlogged. However, let me ask you a quick question. But state stores, but act like supermarkets that have it. So they sent out a press. The state store sent out a press release yesterday, and um, w- w- one thing that I didn't know is they're actually shutting down their online store as well. So you're not going to be able to purchase online. Um, mm. And what I'm, uh, what I understand is that they will still supply alcohol to places like um, Wegmans and Target yeah. and and places like that. But the um, like bars and restaurants, which are now being allowed to do takeout, I think once their um, their supply is gone, then that's it. So you'll still be able to get your hands on on some booze, but it it led to this question, and I would like to have the audience assess and see (laughs) what they would do because I did a mental assessment, and what... Let's say you depleted everything, Kathy. You, 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 yeah. you come down, what is the thing you save for last? And not because it's your favorite, but just because it's the last thing you would ever drink in your <laughs> liquor cabinet. It's just like everybody's gotten that bottle from somebody. You didn't buy it. It was given to you, and you just you put it up in the cabinet, and it just it sits there for years because you just don't want to drink it. I mean, for me, it would be any brown liquor. Any brown liquor? Yeah. Wow. That, okay. that would be the last to go for me. So I have, and I don't know where we got this, but I've got a bottle of absinthe. Okay. <gasps> it, yeah. Yes. Well, oh, I mean, I wonder if that's what Dracula drinks. Yeah, I and, wonder if you and I got that at the same time because I had absinthe. And and I'm like, I'm never, ever, this stuff doesn't taste good. Yeah. It's not hallucinogenic like they used to say it is. And that's what Dracula it's says. It's a little weird. It's, but I'm like, I'm never going to drink that. I it's remember harsh. the other thing that came to mind, I don't have this anymore, but for some reason, I eventually just threw it away. We had a bottle of slow gin. Oh my god! You ever had slow gin? <laughs> yeah. what, is, what is a slow gin fizz? Right? Yeah, yeah. it's this kind of liqueur that I don't know. Do you like some slow gin? <laughs> well, slow is S L O by oh, the way, oh, and, oh, and okay. so I'm like, I will never. 
ever <laughs> find a use for. All right, what's the uh, what's the alcohol content in a slurry gin? I don't okay. remember. Yeah. Um. All right. So I, I got a couple of different uh, philosophies here. I, I so I'm good here because I don't drink. So, yes, this, so this, this isn't an issue for me. Though I do see stuff case in, 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 that we have. Yeah. That like what is that? Yeah. But I would say like I, I would probably uh, approach this the same way I approach a meal, which is I want my last bite of meal. <laughs> I want my last bite of my meal to be the best bite, so I kind of save that. So if I had a bottle of wine and a bottle of, let's say, absinthe or uh, brown liquor for you, Kathy, I'd probably go through that bottle of brown liquor first and then have that last yeah, bottle of I, wine. Yeah, but I wanted to do a different discussion. This is what, oh. what is the, the last thing just because you don't like it yeah. that, that you would say. For example, <laughs> it, it would be you'd be Desperate to eventually drink. That. The equivalent yeah. would be so you've cleaned. What what is the last you know last thing in your? Would you eat the baking soda in your refrigerator? So yeah, so think like of the, what is the baking soda of your liquor collection? Mm-hmm. Wait, I have a forty of old D. <laughs> do you really? Yes, yes. Do you my, really? I do my liquor. Somebody Desperate came. Were you dating Billy D? Somebody came over and brought it as a joke. A, a college friend brought it as a joke, and it's it's it sits in the liquor cabinet. I didn't throw it away, so I guess that does it go bad though. That would have to be last. <laughs> Uh, it can't go good, Casey, ever. It's yeah, not like right. you don't keep it around for, yeah. for, yeah. for it to mature well. Yeah. Uh, there's a local um, distillery that that brought yes. us some booze a couple of years ago, and I enjoyed their regular vodka, but they also made a beet vodka and a Nick, carrot. I have one. A beet vodka and a carrot vodka. I don't know if you guys tried them. No. The, the regular vodka that they made was fantastic. The fruit or vegetable-infused vodkas that they made were revolting. However... Those are I, for special cocktails. still have them? I still have them. Right. So in case of emergency, I'm going, go. I'm going to be Remember vodka. Remember when you brought in all that liquor before that you were like, I'm never going to touch this? When it was I like moved. banana liquor. And, yeah, yeah, that was when I moved out of my apartment into my house. Oh, yeah. my so, God. Yeah, banana, I, banana, I, I don't even drink it. I banana liquor. Banana liquor discussion. is good for, like, mixers and stuff. Right, Nick, well. I have the their cranberry vodka still yeah. in my basement. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I recommend all three of those in a Bloody Mary, by the oh, way. You wouldn't okay. taste it. All right. Um, I assessed my liquor cabinet last night, and thank you for this conversation because I found a cherry liqueur that I had bought when I went to Greece four years ago. Okay. And it's like a, a delicacy over there. You you put it in this chocolate shot glass. You pour it in. I still had the chocolate shot glass as well, too, in just like a paper bag. Okay. Are you that. really taking care of it? You try to eat it? I, yes. So yeah. I threw out the chocolate shot glass. I don't know about the cherry liqueur and how good that saves. So there's that. And then there's a bottle in my fridge, uh, of champagne from Xfinity Lives <laughs> uh, New Year's Day party, <laughs> two thousand and thirteen. Okay, I Just, can't imagine it's anything better than like a bottle of Andre. Well, yeah. a quick question: because it, it was a promo that they sent to the station. Great question to a, there. to a neophyte here on this. Does champagne age the way wine does? It can. All right. Yeah, I mean, it depends on on the quality of the champagne. You yeah. know, if you if this you're is probably not, not top quality. The bottle Marissa has no. Right. I don't think it's technically champagne. Although I, I got some great champagne when your wife stopped drinking, Preston. Oh really? Yes, you, <laughs> you brought hell? it in. I was like, I'll take that. Very good. Uh, let me go to Steve. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Dave. Hey, uh, oh, Dave. All right. So, so Dave, if it came to it, desperate, desperate times, and what's the the very last thing you would save just because? Uh, you know, yeah, vermouth, vermouth, no <laughs> vermouth. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't even see what the point of oh, vermouth. What, is. what is vermouth? 
awful. To me, I've always had the impression that it's something you add with something else. It is. It doesn't add to a martini. Does it have liquor in it? It does. And you can use it for cooking as well. I have used it. Can you drink it by itself? I guess. Yeah, I used to drink sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist, and I would always drink the world peace. Oh, my God, that's my favorite drink. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's from Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of Rome when the When the sun sun hits the the buildings just right. (laughs) Uh, Let me go to let me go to Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hey, bitches. Hey, what's up, Patrick? Hey, I have a bottle of uh, Rumplemints. It's not oh, Schnapps. Yeah. Did you get that in college? Oh. I got God, that probably that. 10 years ago when I first turned 21. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Rumplemints? Oh, yeah. Oh, we used to, it was a go-to Awful. shot. So that's, I assume that's a cheap alcohol, right? Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, it's just the 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 peppermint flavor is so really yes. It's actually making me gag a little bit. So, right so, so, really? so Patrick, that is your uh, that is your uh, apocalyptic go to <laughs> once everything else is expended. Well, not only is it gross tasting, but I opened it like. <laughs> Once five Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you, you held yeah. on to it. Get rid of it, man. Okay. Oh, the, it's sugar rings. That's funny. Yeah, you know, like milk gets that crusty top on it. Yep, yep. Yeah. Quantro does the same thing. Really? Uh, yeah, Rumplemints uh, and Goldschlager. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, Goldschlager. Yeah, Ew. right? I drank a we bottle of Goldschlager. Did you? From, we went to, oh. we drove to Key West for uh, spring break, and I started it in Collegeville, and I finished it by Maryland. Oh, let me tell you, I was a pleasure to be oh, with that in that band. <laughs> yeah, Steve, there are some alcohols. We were talking this morning about Guinness. Like, you could have a sip of Guinness. You could probably enjoy a Guinness. But, I, I, I did, yeah. And but a Rumplemints, you would absolutely no, hate. It, it would destroy your insides. Oh, right. It, like, yeah. it, if you talk about alcohol giving you acid reflux, Rumplemints would be one of those Oh, ones. my God. Yeah, let me go to uh, Mario. Hey, Mario, good morning. What's up, Mario? That's what I'm talking about. What's the last thing just because you'd have to be desperate to drink it in your liquor cabinet? Let me tell you what. I hate the taste of it. Sambuca. Oh, some people I love, love that. I hate I it. Love it. I got to be honest with you guys, man. I grew up, my dad hated black licorice, but he always bought it because it was the only thing that we never ate as kids. So he always made sure he had something. So that was the booze that he kept around. Just because so, he knew you guys oh wouldn't God. get into it? Exactly. Oh That's a God. smart move, though. So Sambuca so, is the one that tastes the most like licorice? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Gross. I hate licorice. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, too. Bl- black licorice, right? Yep. That's yeah. for sure. For That's what people sure. put. In, they'll Thanks, put in coffee Mario. sometimes, right? No or or they'll. Uh, you can pour a zambuco on the rocks and add coffee beans to it. So, like uh, sometimes oh, if yeah, you close yeah, down an right. Italian restaurant, they will. Uh, they'll bring out a glass of ice, pour some zambuco on the top, and put a couple of ca- uh, coffee beans in. Eric Lindros used to love zambuco. Yeah, I, do, I love it too. I remember that because uh, Marilyn wanted to buy a bottle of it for him. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah. I usually have a uh, bottle in my fridge. You know? yeah. yeah, I keep it cold. And yeah, for me, so that's not the last one I would have. Uh, Nick, you were going to say something about vermouth a moment ago? No, I was going to say oh, something okay. about... Um, Eric Lindros? Eric Lindros and how much I love the guy. I never thought Eric Lindros would be calling my phone. Now I know what to get him when it comes yes. to uh, There you go. Oh, no, I know what I was going to ask. Preston, you're, uh, I think you have a love-hate relationship with tequila. Where is that relationship now? It's, uh, I love it in margaritas. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, in margaritas. Uh, but I haven't learned to appreciate the alcohol straight. Okay. Um, I don't hate it. 
Uh, and it's so funny because we're talking about this today. Yesterday, my uh, my son was asking me about a drink he had heard of called a cement mixer, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, go, I remember cement oh, mixers. What so is that? I took him down. It's it kind of congeals, and, oh, and it's got a, a weird consistency to it. Whatever the ingredients are that you mix, it makes it thick. And so I was like, yeah, I go, well, that son, there was a time in my 20s <laughs> where shots were all the rage. And w- what was really big at that time was um, kamikazes. Yes. Purple Hooters. Yes. Wait, what's uh, a Purple Hooter? I don't remember that. I don't remember Hooter who was Chambord. When your bra's too tight. Chambord, which is purple. Okay. Uh, and I don't remember if it was vodka or something along the lines of lemon But anyway, drops. I started running to, yeah, lemon drops, sex on the beach, Fuzzy navels. Yeah. What was the shot that uh, uh, Stoko and Lime? That was the uh, Stoko and Lime. Oh, yeah, yeah. So shots. Mostly these are mostly shots. You're yeah. And now the idea of shots is just silly to me. Uh, you know, because yeah, now, now it's it's um, it's cocktail. Yeah, yeah. It's you it's, like to actually taste it now. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of bam, whoa, that was great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another one. Uh, but we would we would make. Um, uh, you know, pictures of these things, like pictures of kamikazes, and wow. just shot after shot after <laughs> shot. Steve, when you combine the two ingredients in the cement mixer, it would literally congeal. So it would get, like, thick, and it would make you puke. It curdles. Because really? it's, it's, wow. it's a citrus and, and like, a milky. Right. Oh right. Is it God. Bailey's? Uh, it's Bailey's and uh, lemon juice and lime juice. Okay. Or, and, and I don't know why you would want to drink anything that where the word curdle is a part of the <laughs> Right. You know? let, me, let me ask you, uh, cream de menthe, what is that? Uh, it's a liqueur, and it it tastes like scope, like a uh, like a mouthwash. So that's used. My my mother always used to drink um, grasshoppers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's in it. So is that with uh, like Pink ladies m- a milk or something like that? I don't remember what was in a grasshopper. Uh, but yeah, cream de menthe is a really really strong right. flavor to it. Uh, let me go to Tyler. Hey Tyler, good morning. <laughs> All right, so, so liquor stores closing. We're still going to be able to get booze here and there, but in your cabinet, what's the the, the last thing you're desperate? You've you've depleted everything. What are you going to save until the very end? Uh, there's this bottle of grapefruit vodka. Grapefruit that existed, vodka. Yeah, that existed probably four years before my wedding day. It made its way to my wedding. <laughs> no one touched it. There you go. So it's, and it's there, and and you can't bring yourself to get rid of it. No, it, it's just with the leftover liquor from my wedding. You know, bottles of wine that have slowly been depleted. Yeah, but Tyler, are you are you holding it on? Are you holding on to it for nostalgic reasons? Or are you holding on to uh, it for what if reasons? Um, I'm honestly not sure. It's just one of those things where it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. the same way. Yeah, I've yeah. got stuff in there. I'm like, why, why, why do I even here? have this? Yeah. I'll tell you why I Thanks. keep it just in case someone comes over and wants it. They like, well, but like for me, brown, like anything that's brown, other people would drink right. that. You know what I mean? So I'll keep it and I don't really have hard liquor in my house. Not too much of it. So if somebody comes over like, Hey, I want, you know, rum and Coke or, or something like yeah. that. I'm like, Oh wait, hold on. I might have that. How often does that happen? I'm not a vodka drinker, but I keep the cabinet stocked in case you're having friends yeah. over or something like that. And, you know, somebody yeah, wants definitely. some vodka and cranberry or whatever. What I'm know? guilty of is I'll go to a party sometimes and they'll have these amazing mixed drinks and I'll think I will make those mixed drinks and I'll buy the ingredients for those mixed drinks and then I buy the ingredients for the mixed drinks and I never get around to making the mixed drinks. Okay, so I have I have a bottle. I, I've gotten a book of cocktails. I'm like, this one sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and invested in a, in a liqueur. It's like a ginger flavored liqueur. Yeah. It's a really cool bottle. Yeah. Uh, but... 
I've, I used it one time. Right. And I've never, and that was years ago. So that would be saved to the very yeah. end as well. Who wants a Rob Roy or whatever? Never. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a mixologist. So uh, let me go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Yo, Scott. Yo, buddy. Talk. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. So what's the last thing? Desperate measures in your liquor cabinet. I got a bottle of Canadian Club whiskey that was in my house when I purchased it two years ago. <laughs> that was, no, no, it gets better. It was owned by a guy who died 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, this bottle is, is almost 30 years old. We got into it, half of it anyway, about two years ago at New Year's Eve party, and everybody got sick. <laughs> wow. So we, got, we got so messed up that we were just like, let's just put it back on the shelf and we'll save it for later. Okay. Wow. Nice. Wow. It, 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 tastes, it tastes like diesel fuel. And so it, everybody, because Canadian Club, I mean, it's, you know, it's a standard. You see that regularly in bars. They use it as a well drink, uh, but but it's yeah, you, but just because it's so old. <laughs> you think it's so old that's why everybody got sick? Yeah, probably. They've got little floaties in the bottom of it. Oh, yeah. Nasty. Floaties. Thanks, Brian. All right, I thought of another thing. So my wife's grandfather passed away several years ago, and he would always at, have at us. She would get him this every year for Christmas or his birthday or whatever. She would get him a bottle of Yukon Jack. <laughs> And he, he would just sip at it through the year. That's it. Just a tiny bit. He wasn't a big drinker, but just, yeah, he would just sip at it through the year. Now, Yukon Jack, Steve, yes. is a liquor that you can light on fire. Really? It is. It's that. It's over, what does it need to be, over 120 proof or 150 proof or something like that? For you to be able to light it on fire. And so we have that. She bought it and held on to it as a in memory of him. Wow. And it's on the, it's the sitting there. top shelf. It's not even in our liquor cabinets. It's in another part of the kitchen. So it says uh, that would probably be the last one that I would go to. We have a bottle, a picture of a bottle up in the studio. It says 100 proof. Yeah, I think the one we have is stronger than that. It might be... Because you can light 151 on fire. Maybe it has to be over 150 <laughs> proof. I mean, I mean, come on. What's your standard... Uh, uh, what do you like? Uh, bourbon. What, yes. What is that, like 80? 90? Uh, yeah, it's in okay. that range. Uh, cask proof, I think, is over 100. But but I've got, like, uh, like Booker's. That's like 130. I mean, it's... So how much how, how much of a drink to get you noticeably lit? Oh, one cocktail, and I got a yeah. buzz. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but but lit, like... <laughs> uh, it depends. It, it depends on how much time right. you spend drinking that, and and I'm usually getting. I think Kathy laughed at me before. I th- I'm, I'm usually good a cocktail or a beer about a half hour. It takes me to go through one, and okay. I feel comfy. And uh, but but if you keep feeling comfy, and every half hour, then you can go through some pretty quick, and you're <laughs> well, next thing you know you're hammered. Kathy, you, so you you do about two bottles of wine a night, right? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, how long for you to put away a bottle? Oh, I'll, I'll be hungover and not feel good if I drink a whole bottle of wine okay. myself. I mean, I, typically you'd like to share it with somebody right, so yeah. you can, like, sit around and chat. But, I mean, listen, as much as I joke about it, I probably would have, like, two glasses of wine. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to wrap this night up. All right, okay. Two glasses of nice, comfy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You buy boxes of wine, Kevin? Feeling good? You know what? I, I don't know. I have had boxes of wine that I like, but I don't know which ones are the good ones. Like, I don't know enough about them uh, as to which ones to buy. They're ready for parties. Uh, I'm going to go to Brian D. Yo, Brian, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, morning. I would say the worst one I ever had in my life way back in the day was Mad Dog oh, 2020. God, yeah. yeah. Do you currently bad. have that? 
Uh, yes, I do, and it's because my son brought it into my house, and I curse him every day. <laughs> so it's sitting there. It's like the devil. It's tempting you, but you refuse to go anywhere near it. Oh, exactly. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's like it's the thing you would keep in the old case. Steve, it says break glass, you know, right. emergency break glass. But other than that, you're not going to touch it. It's funny, too, because I think, it, and I, I notice it with our things, and obviously I don't drink, my wife does, but you start to recruit things that people bring to you that they think you might like. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Mad Dog was like a, a drink that you would you drank early on in your drinking days because it actually it tasted good. It was sweet it, it and was it's sweet. cheap yeah. and it's high in alcohol content. So my buddy Jeff, who I've known for almost my whole entire life, has uh, he was always under control. Always, right. when, when you know, I can count on two fingers the amount of times he's ever like had way too much to drink. And one time was at college. And he drank the uh, strawberry kiwi or whatever, uh, Mad Dog, and he barfed it all over my room. Wow. It was like uh, neon pink all over my room. And that was, I mean, I think he was like 17 at the time. But, uh, yeah, so that stuff, don't drink an entire bottle yeah, of that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's in my top five <laughs> of regrettable nights was a Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Everclear, Everclear was the other one. That was oh, okay. number one. Yeah. That was the Pickle Loaf night. Don't they say the side effects <laughs> of, of Pickle Loaf? That was the night? Was oh, the my night. God. It was Everclear. Yeah. I mean, we were lighting it on fire and, you know, <laughs> and drinking it. We had, uh, we had ju- juice machines in college that would normally would have, you know, the bug juice in them, the Kool-Aid oh, yeah, or whatever. And, and one party we did Mad Dog in, in the juice machines and uh, thought that that was a good idea. And, uh, yeah, that was the regrettable night where half the people at the party blacked out. Did you guys have Purple Passion back in the day? We did, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, Which we, was ever clear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but we did a lot of the Purple Hooters. That was a fun memory. Yeah. Glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. That was all the rage. Uh, let me go to Jenna. Hey, Jenna, good morning. Good morning. Hey, so uh, thank you, thank you. So, uh, desperate times. Uh, they, they, they say they stopped selling booze. You, you've, you've dwindled all of your cabinet except one bottle. What's the last one? Yeah. So I lived in Italy a couple years ago for grad school, and there was this liquor that everyone loves, and it's called Sinar. It has a picture of a beautiful artichoke on it. Well, I love artichokes, so I thought, oh, that has to be great. I, I like artichokes. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think an artichoke is a vegetable that is kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. It is the most disgusting thing I've ever consumed. <laughs> so why are you holding on to it? Because <laughs> it's a pretty bottle. <laughs> it's a pretty bottle. But it has an artichoke on it. Sometimes the bottle is a little... Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jenna, what was it called again? Steinar. So it's... C-Y-N-A-R. Yeah, you can buy it in the I States. Know. I just looked it up. It's, uh, it's it's not that pretty of a bottle. No. <laughs> well, maybe it's better in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> it's only okay. 26 bucks at uh, Arlington Wine. All right, uh, thank what you. What is the, uh, oh, the, the, the is it uh, Uzo? That's the oh, Greek. The Greek, Greek. That's, that's powerful. stuff is disgusting. My sister-in-law is Greek. They serve it at almost every family function. Oh, dear God. And, yeah. like, they look at you as if, like, if you don't take it and sip it, like, What's wrong with you? Like, I've been eyed down by her family members yeah. until I take a sip. I did a couple of shots of that on my 21st birthday. My buddy's Greek, and uh, I had a party at my house, and they sat me down on my dining room table and just fed me shot after shot, and, and I, I believe I did two shots of Uzo. It kind of ha- it, It's kind of like Sambuca, isn't it? I, it's it's powerful. Awful. I know I that. Know. Uh, I'm going to go to Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Hey, guys, sorry to bother you at work. No, nah, okay. it's all good. So what's up? Um, there was a time when there was tons of vodka being infused with this, that, and the other thing. Yes, there and was a big boom of infused vodkas. So I decided after Halloween to take my children 
Reese's peanut butter cups and infused it into my vodka. And I don't know if you've ever seen a peanut butter cup congeal and change form and look like baby poo. But that's what it looks like at the bottom of a bottle of vodka when you infuse it. And you still have this bottle? Yes, because I spent the time on it. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Reese's Pieces infused vodka. Wow. Apparently you're not alone. Reese's, pe- Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, peanut butter cups. Okay. So it looks more like poo than you would think with those bright little... <laughs> That's amazing. Did you see it like on, on, on Pinterest or something like that? Like what prompted you to do this in the first place? Uh, well, I had done Star... Like we do a Cinco de Mayo party where we have a booze luge. And I'm like, we did the Starburst or... Came out pretty colors, and everyone loved it. And then Swedish fish. And I'm like, well, with Halloween, and they have tons of candy because I have three kids, pounds and pounds. I'm like, I like. You know what tastes great together is peanut butter and uh, chocolate. <laughs> Why wouldn't it taste good in vodka? Well, so, <laughs> what's in a chocolatini? Uh, I don't know how you make them. I mean, there's there's chocolate infused vodkas, vodkas that have yeah. that have mm-hmm. a that now they're not brown, but they okay. have a flavor in all right, them. All right. Uh, and then, well, yeah, they do add something to, to me. Right, uh, they're chocolate. Godiva, sure. Godiva, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, oh, and, and you can, listen, there's uh, there's alcohol milkshakes. There's all kinds Yeesh. of stuff that you can yeah. that you can do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and things like Bailey's, you know, Irish cream or. Yeah, any or, sort of cream sort of liquors and stuff like that. That's. Uh, yeah, Black Russians, I think, have uh, have milk in them. And, uh, white Russians have milk. I don't or, think it's yeah, white Russians. Russians don't. Oh God, remember the whipped cream vodka? Do you guys remember that? No. I just reversed the gasp. <laughs> I have a bottle of that still. Does that go bad? I don't know. Who knows? Does Kahlua go bad? Because I have a bottle of peppermint Kahlua from like 10 years ago. I, I think it's got a shelf times. life. Yeah. We, we had a bunch of Kahlua, too, and I eventually threw it out because Rochelle stopped drinking it. What's Kahlua used for most often? White Russians, black Russians. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's yummy. Kahlua and creams as well. Uh, Kahlua and cream is creams. basically a white Russian without vodka. I became, uh, after watching The Big Lebowski, I, I uh, was obsessed with white Russians for a while. They're good. They are. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, listen, just something to keep in mind as liquor stores are closing. You're not going to be completely devoid of booze, most likely, but you'll find a place to get some. But I don't know, things like bourbon and stuff like that might be harder to get your hands on. Bourbon and vodka and gin and Yeah, you might uh, have to go out of state for, for some of these things. Yeah, so, um, but but if you're doing your liquor cabinet assessment, look at that. That one lonely bottle way in the back that is probably never going to get drunk unless it comes down to desperate times. What is that? What is it? We'll take a break and we'll get to the bizarre file when we return. Stay with us. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest, uh, we love having him on. He's been in the studio many occasions. Uh, God, I didn't know Reno 911 had going since 2000. 
Is it 17 years? Has it been that long? Since 2003, right? Wow. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. And uh, you know him in uh, lots of great movies. So great. And uh, I Love You, Man, and Drunk History, and all kinds of great stuff. So let me shut up and bring him on, because uh, there's a new season of Reno 911, which is on Queeby. Yes. Uh, which is available. We'll uh, ask me how to pronounce it correctly. He's on it. To stream. Please welcome oh. Thomas Lennon to yes. the show. Good morning, Thomas. <laughs> You, you guys, first of all, I don't know how to say the, the name either, so that's good. We, we've heard Quibby, Quibby, uh, and it, uh, all of it sounds sexual. It's, it's very... Oh, oh, guys, all of it is very, very sexual. Oh, it is. Um, <laughs> so let me just tell you the funny backstory. I was doing a radio tour to promote the show last week, and, you know, you look at these uh, lists of radio shows you're doing, and you look and you go, okay, turkey, I know that guy, turkey, mm, that guy's weird. <laughs> no, weirdo, weirdo. And then I get President Steve. And I wish you could see the joy on my face uh-huh. <laughs> when I see somebody, somebody that I know and love, and I've been to the studio, and you guys, the whole uh, group of people are like, you love good music, you're interesting people, you're funny people. Uh-huh. So it was a little, it's a little different. That and means then, that means the world to us, yeah. Well, and then and then the day goes by, you start doing these things at like usually five in the morning, and they blast you through thirty radio stations in a row, right? And I was like, well, that was a weird one, <laughs> man. I guess I guess I did Preston and Steve, but that's weird because I feel like I know them so well, and we would have talked about stuff, and it would have been fun. And then what I what I, I I wrote it down to when I went to MTV Spring Break in 1995, uh-huh. yeah, with uh, Andy Dick in the room next to me. Uh-huh. I, I think I did so much brain damage that I just can't remember. Wow, if so- things have happened or really not. So I thought I did your radio show last week, and it seemed like it went great. Oh, <laughs> it would have. Uh, we would imagine it would have been spectacular, but you, you yeah. kind of like, it was almost like a like a Vietnam flashback for you at some oh, point. No, it was, yeah, it was interesting, yeah. and I was like, well, um, anyway, you guys, I miss you. I was in the studio last year, and that was really, thanks for having me. With really, your book. Yeah. Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and That's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we really, we, we honestly, you are the classic, um, the onion with so many layers between screenwriting and book writing and, uh, and and comedy and Viva Variety and and uh, uh, the state and all that stuff, but Reno nine one one is a thread that, that that winds right through your your life. And to have it back on and in this format, for people who don't understand the, the Quibi format or Quibi format, these are what 10, 12 minute episodes. No, correct? no, they're they're not even that long. So originally we we thought we'd do some ten minute episodes, but the ones that we did. And there's 25 of them, so it's you know it's not you won't get uh, too uh, bored too fast. They're about six and a half to eight minutes long. Wow! And uh, instead, a lot of people are like, "Is that a good idea? Did you want to do short episodes?" It's the absolute best thing for us. I mean, our show was always, uh, you know, I like to say that Reno 911 is a show that you and your dog can watch at the same level. It evens the playing field. Yeah, whether whether you know the Wikipedia of every character on the show and Dangle's middle name is Ron and that he got kicked out of the Coast Guard, <laughs> or you literally turn it on for one second, I don't think it matters at all. You, so, you know, it's actually a smart move, uh, Thomas, because it, it, now, so you know, a lot of a lot of viewing is done um, on the computer now. And a lot of, you know, the, the, the regular televisions are fighting for time from, you know, be, to seduce people away from their uh, laptops and so on and so forth or whatever. And, uh, you know, all these surveys and research that we have from, quote-unquote, experts, 
People's attention span has n- noticeably oh. diminished. And, and and Reno 911 always played like a um, a collection of of skits anyway. It's short it totally does. Skits. I mean, once in a while, once in a while, there'll be a through line. Yeah. Uh, like in this new season, there's a couple through lines. There's one running thing. It's also always, we've either made the show, we have not backed down on the inappropriateness. In fact, <laughs> we might have turned it up. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, there's... And the, uh, and the collection of, of you have everybody, it appears to be everybody's back. Regardless of every, other TV series or whatever, they're back. Even if we killed off their character, they're back. Oh, uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because sometimes, you know, guys, sometimes being in a comedy group is like, you guys have a big group on your show. It's, yeah. It's like being in the, it's like being in the Eagles or Metallica. Like, <laughs> it's this, we often say. Gonna be, there's going to be stuff. Yeah. It's hard to get along for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, so we brought back even the characters who actually are some of the best characters. So, uh, you know, I think if you watch them on the app, you can get the Quibi app, I think, for free for at least a trial. And if uh, I, I honestly think you'll be I think people thought we were going to kind of phone in these new episodes because no. like, look. I've, so, so in the, in the trailer, and I was watching, and I said to these guys earlier this morning, I, I've I've resisted the Quibi thing because I, I you know, you end up subscribing to fourteen thousand things. But the yep. truth of the matter is, is that there's out of the gate, it took off, and I think it's because the, a lot of the entertainment is a sort of this bite size. You can digest it while you're waiting in line or whatever. You're, you know, it's the kind of thing that plays on any device kind of, you know, well, so it's portable, and uh, and so I'm going to do it. You know, even, even I'll, I'll do the, the, the free thing, obviously, but then I think I'll probably sign up because there's a lot of great stuff. Now, was Danny DeVito responsible in, in part DeVito's for... DeVito's always been the producer of the show, yeah. He, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, he doesn't show up a ton. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm very seldom am I sitting with him at lunch being like, hey, another day, another day at the comedy grindstone, kid. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Yeah. Uh, but he'll, he'll pop in every once in a while. I will say the the new episode, something really cool happened. Uh, like, I guess, you know, in our run on Comedy Central, you know, we actually we shot the original pilot in 2000. Wow. And then it sat on a shelf for three years and nobody bought it. Wow. So Was the plan to uh, go to, to Fox and then it ended up on Comedy plan, Central? Exactly. You guys always know your history better than anybody else. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to do it for Fox. Fox was like, this is way too gay. <laughs> <laughs> what, because of the short shorts? And now there was a big, long... There's a really funny scene at the end of the uh, pilot where Dangle pulls over a personal trainer. Okay. Uh, I'm played by two straight guys. It's me and my writing partner. <laughs> Dangle just keeps... It's dash cam, and they just keep getting closer and closer and closer, and then they do some push-ups together, and then it turns into this weird thing. <laughs> and Fox was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> So, and, uh, yeah, uh, now now look where they are. They yeah. would they would glad they would love yeah. to have a Reno nine one one in their cash. You know what's weird? When we got canceled off Comedy Central, the our ratings, the like the week that we got canceled off Comedy Central would be almost twenty times higher than any Comedy Central show right now. No kidding. When we got canceled, oh yeah, yeah, that's how much the landscape of TV wow. has changed. Well, the the, yeah. the 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 audience gets bifurcated on and on, and and it's it's being separated, and and so there's so many options. But to rise um to rise up above a lot of this stuff is is really the issue. So this format, and again, a lot of people are looking at Quibi and saying, is this going to work? And uh, it 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 has. It it's it's proven a, a a viable thing. I think it's just cool to see these characters that we love and have loved. You know, there's obviously you've had the movies and. And and this the series and so on and so forth and to bring everyone back 
uh, is 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 just a a great thing. Now, obviously, you had to have all of this shot. Um, when did you wrap up? It had to be obviously. We pre-pandemic. wrapped up quite a uh, yes. In fact, we were actually almost halfway done with all of post production. Okay. For the world shutdown. In fact, I think I was supposed to come see you guys in person sometime back in March or something. But okay. uh, uh, yeah, we were we were basically done with half of the shows, and then uh, right as things started looking weird, we we're like, hey, should we get very good editing equipment in the homes of all of our editors? And we did. Wow, so, good yeah, foresight. I haven't seen anybody. Yeah, I hadn't seen anybody from the show in several months, <laughs> but. So, which is fine because again, it's like the Eagles. You know, you get on each other's nerves sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. amazing yeah. how much you're like the Eagles, and we're like the Eagles and Metallica. It's amazing. It's amazing. I wanted to ask you because you are a screenwriter as well, and uh, you do you do. I, yeah, I know you do regular screenwriting. And did you punch up work on other scripts as well? Uh, you know, we uh, we often do. Like sometimes you'll do punch up work that you don't get credited for. Sometimes you want the credit. And yeah. Sometimes you do not want the you credit. Don't want the credit. Um, like, a fun movie that we wrote almost all of without credit was, like, Starsky and Hutch, the Stiller, uh, Owen Wilson version. Sure. We love that. Yeah. We love that movie. Yeah. That is such then, a solid movie. Thank you. I'm so proud of that. But then I'll also tell you that we did punch-up on a little Cuba Gooding Jr. movie called Snow Dogs. Oh, God. <laughs> is that the one you didn't want credit for? Yeah. Yes. Also yeah. Did one, my favorite one was we... It was a Martin Lawrence movie uh, shooting... We ended up changing the title. We rewrote the title. It came out being called Rebound. Okay. It was about a horrible college basketball teacher who's like a Bobby Knight who screams at everybody. Right. And then and then he gets put in charge of a bunch of kids. I don't remember. We that. always write a movie where some idiot gets put in charge of a bunch of kids. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's kind of a winning formula usually, it's, right? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was not with Rebound, guys. <laughs> not with Rebound. <laughs> rebound stands as an exception. So, but but uh, with this additional, detail, t- go ahead. Uh, my detail about that was just uh, that movie was already so close to in production that they already had all of the locations they were going to film at. Wow! But they hated the movie that they had, so they made us rewrite. But all we had to do was keep, you know, exterior laundromat, interior uh, school <laughs> gym. So we had to keep all the locations and write a movie around it. Oh, oh my, my God! Jesus. That that is yeah. uh, that's amazing. So it was yeah. a movie based on preset locations, based on the locations, and then yeah. And if you're wondering why some Hollywood movies suck, you guys, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they tell you to write to scenery. That might be it. Well, well, in the quarantine time, obviously you're always working and you're and you're promoting this, which which is actually a wonderful thing to have this out and available for people who are starving for entertainment. It's great. But I, does it give you extra time to write, to to explore other stuff? Boy, I would love to say that I thought the quarantine would give me time to write. And I think, like, the first couple days, I was like, wow, I'm a novelist, I'm a screenwriter, <laughs> this is going to be my golden era. Yeah. I haven't done crap. <laughs> Thank you. I've been, polished, I've been polishing the light bulbs. I, re- I, every, I find every piece of dirt in the house. I clean out the inside of the Roomba. Mm-hmm. No. Well, not, well you I'm, played I'm, Felix Unger, so you you had that um, yeah. you had that natural OCD sort of obsessive uh, cleaning thing. Does that actually is that something that would be true to Thomas Lennon as well? Ooh, guys, if you go to my Instagram, which is Thomas Patrick Lennon, mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of recent videos I put up. One was about taking apart my brass doorknob in the front of the house and steam cleaning the inside of it. Oh, oh shut my up! God. Oh my and god! Then I, uh, I show you one about how to iron your kilt with CBD oil. <laughs> 
You did a pretty great uh, Joe Exotic, though, uh, Thomas. I I really enjoyed the dance. That was impressive. On Colbert, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, I did the Colbert show, and then if you go to my TikTok, you know, it's actually one of the executives at Quibi, who is actually the president of MTV, a really cool guy for many years, always supported the state and Viva Variety. He was like, uh, hey, you know what you should do? You should do a TikTok where Dangle dances against Joe Exotic. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I was like, I am an actor with integrity. I am a novelist. I am not gonna. And then, like a few minutes later, I was like, you know what? Dang it! That's a really, really good idea. Yeah, you can't that. deny that. So, about an hour later, I'm in the outfits in my backyard doing the. Wow, you can really dance as those two guys. <laughs> you listen. If you haven't seen it, it'll it'll brighten your day. You are an outstanding Joe Exotic. Um, so, uh, did you hear that uh, they're talking about Nicholas Cage playing him I in heard, a movie? I heard. I heard, and what can I say? Uh, you know, the life of an actor is always hearing about who got that role that you were perfect there for. You yes, you know, yeah, that, you're that's right. part of the territory. Mm-hmm. So, what can I say except mazel, bro, mazel? <laughs> uh, I wish him the best. You know, I will say also, it's a double black diamond. Sometimes you see you see people doing stuff that, you know. The trick about Jordan was he didn't make basketball look hard. He made it look easy. There you go. I got to say, my Joe Exotic, I'm making it look pretty easy. Yep, yep. Uh, That's probably what gave Nicolas Cage the confidence that he could handle the role, but little does he know the pitfalls. Yeah. Uh, I know. Here's the thing. I got less overhead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They need to consider that. Uh, If you're just tuning in, it's it's Thomas (laughs) London. I'm going to reset here. Uh, Lieutenant Dangle, uh, who is, of course, from Reno 911, which is available on Quibi uh, today. And uh, a couple of texts coming in. One one says, and you'll love this, Thomas, Rebound is a great movie. (laughs) All right. So somebody like that. And then another one says, uh, wait, I know this voice. This is the guy that kisses Paul Rudd. Uh, and I love you, man. And it, my, my most quoted line, you're a whore, Peter. You're a whore, Peter, which <laughs> yep. I, I love it. I have, and no, I, I have no idea why, but that is the big one. I did want to ask you about that scene where yeah. you guys kiss, and I know we've asked you about it before, but there's there's something that, that I love about that is you plant one on him. It's a big one. And then yeah. you kind of pause, and then you give him a little peck after that. Um, go back in just to, like, I kind of put a little dot, like a little exclamation yeah, point little on. button yeah. on that. And, <laughs> and was that was that planned, or did you throw that in at the moment? Oh, God. I don't know. I might have told you guys the story before, but okay. so it's a little, uh, uh, I'm not super proud of it. So okay. uh, <laughs> we'll take it. Sorry. Right. So my wife, my wife, uh, like, I'm cast in the movie, and it's John Hamburg, who is actually an old friend, and I, I, I love him. And he's, I mean, he's done Meet the Parents. He's a huge comedy guy. And he's like, uh, I want you to play uh, the, the weird the weird dude who goes to dinner with Rudd, and he thinks he's his bro, but then he kisses him, and you're like, oh, like I was like, okay, that's I, I get it, that's a funny sketch. Um, now I didn't tell my wife what I was playing in the movie or what I was doing in the movie at all. I just was like, oh, I'm going to be in the movie with Rudd, and blah blah blah. Yeah. So we filmed that scene only about six blocks from my house in Los Angeles at a restaurant called Jar. Okay. Uh, and that night that we were filming, uh, my wife took our dog, Lilo, a little terrier we had for a walk. And she came down the street to see what we were filming, giant flea lights. <laughs> and it's me and Paul Rudd kissing <laughs> on, on Beverly Boulevard. <laughs> and I, I kind of just catch her out of the corner of my eye. And I look over and I see the look on her face. <laughs> 
And then, and then all this stuff rushes through my head like, okay, well, why didn't I tell her this? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why did I keep this a secret? This is too, I should have just said, next time, guys, just stay when you're going to have a kissing scene with Paul Rudd. Yeah. Just tell the wife in advance. Because otherwise she thinks, like, is this your new thing that you're into? Right, well, right. there's there's, there's yeah. no way to back out of that. So the only thing to do yeah. at that point would just to be falsely claim that you're gay. Because it's better, yeah. easier to move forward that way. What, what, there was no other, there's no other workaround. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because all the signs are there that you wanted to yeah. hide this from her. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, why did I keep it? I kept it so quiet. It was so strange, yeah. Anyway, it was, uh, also Hamburg made us do that. I don't know why that the funny one is in the movie, but. Amber loves to overshoot. Yeah. So we certainly we certainly shot the kids for way too long. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Hey, another text that came in, uh, Thomas, that says, just finished the audio book for Ronan Boyle, and uh, Tom narrates it, and uh, it's fantastic. He says, and I'm a 37-year-old man. Um, oh, so that is so sweet. I, I love listening to audiobooks. Uh, it's become, uh, in the past couple of years, it's become my, my main way to... Uh, you know, to, to get the time to, to to have time to actually, I, and I do consider it reading a book, but but in order 100%. to digest the material, I, I like to listen to audiobooks now, and I've really become a fan of the people who can pull it off and yeah. do a really good job of it. Um, have have you done other books than this one? Uh, so and if, and if yeah, so, are you are you doing are you changing character voices and so on? So this is a, well, it's interesting. I uh, you know, I'd always appreciated audiobooks and and really enjoyed them. I listened to I think like the Harry Potter series. And then I wrote, you know, Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles, Ronan Boyle, Swamp of Certain Death, the first two books. And I went in on the first day to do the audiobook. And, you know, there's like, I'm probably in each book doing 20 voices, maybe 30 or 40 in the second book, The Swamp of Certain Death. Wow. And I, I walked in, you know, it's all, it's just all these character voices of like Irish uh, creatures because it's set in the land of like Irish mythology. If right. You, if you haven't checked them out, I'm super proud of the Ronan Boyle series. It's like, I hope the thing that I'm remembered for other than the shorts. Um, <laughs> other than the shorts. So for the first Ronan Boyle audiobook, I went into the studio to, to do the recording and the woman uh, who was engineering and directing me had a chair set up by the stand with the, you know, with the book on it. And I was like, um, you know, I do a lot of voiceovers and stuff. Uh, I don't think there's any the universe where I'm going to sit in a chair. Thank you very much. I'm going to be on my feet, acting my heart out. And about 90 minutes in, when I realized, if you're recording an audiobook, you never stop until you make a mistake. Yeah. And when you make a mistake, they stop for 10 seconds for you to find your place again. That's it. Wow. And so by about the middle of the first day, I was like, I was sitting in that chair and basically crying because I had no idea how hard it was going to be. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, it's, I used to, yeah. and I was, for the longest time, I thought, this is a cheat, this isn't reading. And then I'm like, I am missing so many great, because I don't have the time to consume the stuff. And then I, I, I'll do a lot of uh, history and, and nonfiction, and, and, and then it's it's become such a uh, such an addiction that I'll sample the narration on the Audible page and say, oh, I hate this guy. You know <laughs> because, what? It's got to be great. It's got to be great. Yes. I, I mean, I, I feel like I did. A, I, I hope people will feel like I did a decent job with the Ronan Boyle series because uh, I hope so because it's pretty close to home. Mm-hmm. But I am not to, I don't want to rag on it. But I was like, oh, I really my son's into creepy stuff and weird things. And I was like, I got to play you interview with a vampire. <laughs> and I, I turned it on. And I don't know who does the book, but the guy talking like a deal. <laughs> no. No. It's sort of like a book being read to you by Count Chocula. 
Hello, I'm Count the Chuckle Lot. Like it just kills like, it. Come on, bro. No, it's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. The the Ronan Boy audiobooks. You get to hear me do dozens and dozens and dozens of voices. You also get to hear me play an Irish banjo in the background. Oh, okay. yeah. There's a skill. That's pretty cool. Uh, let me uh, ask you. We, you can make no money with. Yeah. yeah right, you can make no money with. I think we asked you last time, and I have to be honest, I forgot the answer. But has this been optioned in any way for? Uh, uh, a film uh, treatment? It, uh, there's good news coming on that front that I'm I'm sworn to secrecy about for the, right. the moment. But, all right, uh, all right. There are big things in the works. Well, yes. we love that. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Thomas, we'll make sure everybody's aware that uh, the new season of Reno 911 in very small segments uh, available to stream on uh, Quibi, and that is today. So when this is all over, we got to have you back. By the way, have you made any banana bread since you've been uh, in quarantine? Uh, no, but my wife keeps uh, my wife keeps experimenting with new kinds of bread. Every time I walk in the kitchen, it's like a weird laboratory of like a a weird wet towel with something I'm about to throw away. And she's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. That's sourdough, probably. Yeah, yeah a lot of times. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Could, but banana bread has become the default bread of the pandemic. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. we keep checking with everybody to see who all's making banana bread. Um, uh, but listen, Thomas, yeah, we'll make sure everybody's checking out to Reno 911. We certainly will. And uh, hopefully we will see you in a more normal time very, very soon. All right? Uh, I've been doing morning radio shows since 1992. And uh, yours is the best one. Oh. Leaps and bounds. It's oh. a factor that you can't even measure. Oh, oh man, we love that. Thank Thanks, you so Thomas. Much. We're a huge fan of yours. Thanks really so much. appreciate you guys. You got it. Thomas yeah. Lennon. Got it. Take care, man. Oh, he's such awesome. a nice guy. He's awesome. He's hilarious too, and he writes tons of stuff. So he's he just does. a talented guy. Uh, honestly, did not know about the Starsky and Hutch thing. I only, no, I, I, oh. I, he, he. So a, a large portion of the script, he wasn't just punching it up. Awesome, great movie. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Activate the Preston Steve Show podcast, ninety three three WMMR. Everything that rocks. A lot of people are staying home, and some people have the ability to work at home as well, even though they never really have before. They may have stayed home sick and gotten some work done while they've been at home sick. But now, staying home and doing all of your work in the home environment can be a bit strange. So here, so if we're honoring right now, at least the, the attempt is to honor the uh, the 14-day the um, moratorium right now. We'll yeah. see if that extends or what, what the... What we get to at the end of that. But our whole sales staff here is working from home. Yeah. Uh, promotions as well. Uh, just a few uh, air staff and a few others are here at work. So, yeah, they, they uh, and while I'm sure they have worked at from home in the past, now to have it morning till night yeah. in a full day is it's a different your, animal. It's your routine yeah. now. Yeah. So, uh, here are here's a list. I think I got this from BuzzFeed. Uh, things you can do to try to effectively work from home without driving yourself into a pit of misery. <laughs> I can I can preamble uh, this with the experience of having worked from home in in the past, and it is hard. Where you think, oh man, oh this is going to be great for some people, like me. I need the structure of leaving the house and going to a place that defines work. Yeah, and I got listen. I'm I'm coming to work and I'm spending you know a decent yep. amount of time here, eight ish hours, uh, and then I go home and. And I, it, it is kind of wearing on me mentally a little bit. Yeah. And then last night, I'm like, I made the kids to go for a walk with me. I was like, yeah. I, we need to, I need to, I need to like get out and mm-hmm. move or do something. And you uh, can, yeah. you can go out, walk yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here you go. Here first. Here, here are the suggestions. All right. Let's hear the suggestions. Things to uh, to not make you go crazy at home when you're working from home. First, get changed out of your pajamas every morning. Oh, man. 
Yes. It'll help you get in the right headspace for work and allow you to take uh, video calls on the fly if you need to. But you should not just lounge around in your jammies all day. So, like, on the weekend, do you hang in casual clothes? Oh, yeah. Okay, do you hang in jammies? Uh, if we don't have anything to do, I'll do that. Will you put on a bustier? Only uh, after 7 p.m. <laughs> Only after 7. I think that's respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I find, and that was, when, when again, with me, you need to have all the um, accoutrement and pretense of work yep. to make it feel like work. And that means showering, getting ready, yep. putting on clothes, and doing your deal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, were we talking about this the other day, Kathy, when you had mentioned that your mom... My mom, yeah. Okay, so w- was that on air or off air? I yeah, can't no, even it, remember. It was on air years ago. My, my mom worked from home for years, and uh, she actually had a separate room in the house that was her office. She would go to that, but she would get up every morning. She would shower. She would get changed. She would put makeup on as if she was going to work because when she started doing it for a little while, it was that just staying in pajamas, going, and she's like, I don't feel... No. Nope. Like, I, ju- I just don't feel right. So she uh, made it a point to do that every day. Yeah, and so my sister is doing that with her children uh, essentially like uh, treating like it like a, like a school day. Not yeah. staying in pajamas yeah. all yeah. day. I love Get it. up, take a shower. <laughs> lingerie for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Keep <some> conference calls. <laughs> uh, this is a whole other conversation, but uh, not only is Rochelle making the kids get up and doing some learning uh, to doing some lessons, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, today they have to teach us. We are we are being. She, they, they oh, are, that's cool. Yes, we're having a little project oh, I love later. That. Maybe that's a Corona activity for later on. I love that. Uh, so Ooh, hang on a second. So, Cross pollinating so, here. So we're getting we're getting taught later on today, which I think is kind of fun. All right, look, number, look, the fun has a community spread. Go ahead. Go number ahead. two. Here we go. Uh, pick one or more dedicated workspaces, ideally with a decent chair that will support your back. Meaning, don't sit on the couch and no. do your work. No. You need to have... I agree with that. You need to sit up straight. So, uh, go ahead. No, so back to my mom. Um, so she did that. She got, like, a really good chair, but then she actually got a desk that was a little bit higher than normal, and so she would stand. So okay. she would go to work and stand the entire time. Okay. She's actually ahead of the curve. Yeah. Was, oh, look at me. I, I stand all the time. So in my... I have where I do, uh, and I'll produce stuff or bits... Like uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas cookie cove, and all my my little studio setup. So that's at one part of the the room where we have the large TV and so on and so forth. I don't sit on the couch and do work. I go over there yeah. because that's work area. Yep. Yeah, we um, are, there's. I'm sort of putting pressure on myself, even though I haven't really uh, put anything out there to do like more social media stuff at home. Yeah, and I'm like at a at a creative uh, funk and low. And then I watch Preston. This is a great vaudeville team in the 30s. <laughs> it is. But then I watch Preston, and you put something awesome on last night. And then, again, it made me go into a little bit of a depression because I go, I don't have any skills. Preston, like, you can play the drums, and you're really good at it. Like, but I'm, I'm like, I, I I'm love like, you I, to death, but I would yeah. hate to be quarantined with you. <laughs> I, believe me, I, I mean, wouldn't want to be quarantined with you either. But um, No, I'm like, I just, I don't have anything that I could share with the world. Yes, you do. No, you do. no. Come on. <laughs> oh my God! We need a therapy session. We I don't have anything to offer the world. You haven't learned. Preston put on a Tyrannosaurus costume and played the drums. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the first suggestion: instead of doing more social media, you need to do less. If you're getting depressed yeah. looking at somebody playing drums, what else am I supposed to do? This little kid's blowing bubbles. <laughs> start with a cooking lesson. Seriously. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> 
I wanted to, but I'm not allowed to go to the supermarket to get stuff. What? I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to pick out the chili ingredients. I'll bring them in, and I, w- I want you to make chili over the weekend. I don't want to make chili. I want to make a carrot cake. Can you get me those? I want to make a carrot cake. <laughs> it's okay to go to the grocery store. I, I was there yesterday. Quite okay I know. Okay to go to the grocery store. By the way, my acne is just so sprawling yeah. that, that you're you're always two hundred feet away from everybody. I got the stuff home. Here's what I did in the containers, just for the hell of it. I took my disinfectant wipes, did the outside of them, anything that I was going to eat, I poured out of those. Just for the hell of it. But yeah. you're fine. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. You know, the obvious and, things. And we'll work on getting you some lessons on some to learn a skill or, yeah. or a... Uh, a, a <laughs> I think that's part of it. It just takes a long time to learn these yeah. things. It took me years and years and years to learn how to play. How to play the harpsichord? Well, I kind of feel like it's a little bit like Groundhog Day. It's like, okay, well, I got this time. Why not learn how to ice sculpt and play right. the piano? Right, and, right. Yeah. You're like my wife. She puts pressure on herself for the, like, come on. Yeah. You're, it's, you're fine. The key is you have to have patience. These, you can't learn these things right away. And it, I okay. I Something else to do for uh, working at home. Uh, try to keep your bedroom as, sac- as a sacred space for sleeping and relaxing where work is banned. It'll help the work-life divide a little clearer. So don't take your work into the bedroom. No, that's for sexing. Uh, here's another idea to make uh, home working at home not drive you. Know, make it so it won't drive you crazy. Uh, wake up more than five minutes before your workday starts. You need time to prepare for the day both mentally and physically. So have a set up, set I need to get up at this. Wake time. up at your regular schedule. That's yeah. what I would do. Even with so, even as if, if you were going to leave to commute, wake up at that time. Go through your ritual. In fact, if you start your workday earlier, you do have this option and clock your eight hours or eight. How many hours you work? Eight nine. You, you can shift your day and and be done earlier. Go, just go out and sit in the car for an hour and listen exactly. to us. Like you <laughs> listen to us, yes. That's a good idea. Or an hour and a half, yeah. depending on your commute. Oh, man, the traffic way, was tough today. Yeah. <laughs> just totally. We appreciate the streaming numbers, by the way. Everyone yeah. listening on their smart devices at home, yeah. so thank you. But you can go sit in the car if it makes you feel yeah. okay. Um, just make sure it's out of the garage. Uh, here's another one. Try wearing shoes uh, because you probably wouldn't be... On your feet, right? Yes, yeah, so yeah. on your feet. Not as a necklace. One on your hand. <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, you probably wouldn't be chilling barefoot in an office, so wear shoes. Don't walk around. I think I might. Yeah. So put I on just have one of my high heels hanging off my foot and bopping it up and down. Uh, let's see. Sign out and this this is kind of important, I think. Sign out and turn off notifications for work-related email and instant messaging when the day is over. Especially if you're signed in on your personal devices, so you're trying to separate. Oh yeah, right. Home and work. I well, mean, that nobody ever does that. We we don't. As an, I, I I agree with you 100, percent Kathy. I, I, ultimately, though, uh, the how you react to them can be different. You don't have to. You can you can disconnect. So so realizing the importance of having away from work time. So you know that's the issue. Preston is is delineating between when you're technically at work and working, or at home. All right, and here's uh, another one that I wouldn't have thought of. Listen to music or put on the TV quietly since working from home can sometimes be a little too quiet. That's what I do. Would actually, which actually makes it difficult to focus. So have some kind of background noise. because Uncle Pierre? More, more than likely, yeah, more than likely at work you would have some type of, uh, of sound. Oh, that's, yeah, that. 
Yeah. That's interesting because I, whenever I do it, if I do anything at home, I need it completely silent. Like, or I, I think that I do. You, you know? don't. So it's you like don't. everything is off. Music's off. TV's off. Mm. There, there'd be, there's a general sound to an active office right, space. Yeah. For, for example, for here, when we're done and we're doing stuff, what we usually hear is, God damn, damn <laughs> thing won't work. Damn it. That's Pierre. And then. <laughs> 93.3 WMMR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, rock and roll is just, it's all rock and roll. <laughs> Goddamn mother effer. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. <laughs> funny to go by the studio <laughs> and hear him <laughs> freaking out and throwing stuff. <laughs> And then you hear you like it's the absolute antithesis of here on the radio. You, you hear it's not all the time. No, no, no. Scramble no. to like help and maybe fix it. Yeah. No, no, no. Or you look at him and pancake has that deer in headlights yeah, yeah, look yeah, like, yes. oh my God. God don't he's move. Not ye- he's not yelling at people, no. he's yelling at no. himself yep. and, and, or the and, and the equipment. That's always it. And you're right, it's infrequent. But it is the funniest goddamn thing. <laughs> I hate to laugh at someone's misery, but you'll be sitting there and again he's sitting there, you know. Any, you know, everybody's music, you know, it's good for everyone. God damn! But it is it is frequent enough that, like, when I hear it, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are moments where I walk out of this studio and Pancake and I share a look because Pancake has the job that I You've used to have. You've been there. I've been there. And it's a, it's a loving, knowing look between the two of us, and it's it's a, it's bonded me with Pancake. It makes me feel, feel good about it. Marissa? I'm cracking up because I sit, what, 20 feet away from the studio, and there's, like, a doorway and a pathway. Um, I was on a call with Sarah the other day, and I had it on speakerphone. I was just talking to her while I was on my computer. She goes, is everything okay? Somebody <laughs> yelling. I was like, oh, no, it's just Pierre. She's like, oh, okay. okay. And, and no one, everyone's like, oh, that's just par for the and he And again, he's yeah. yelling at himself. He's yelling at a, a piece of equipment. Yeah. He's never browbeating or, or, or angry to anyone else. I've, I've literally heard the yell, and then all of a sudden, 93.3 WMMR. This is the best. What else do we have here? Here are uh, some ideas to, uh, to for if you're working at home and how to keep it more like work and not home, just so you can have a separation. Um, uh, clearly define the hours that you will be working and stick to it. So we already talked about getting up ahead of time. Very uh, smart. How about this? Have lunch breaks. Where you don't look at anything work-related. Get away from all your projects and so forth. Go somewhere else. Make sure you have an official break from work as you would at work. I would say so. I never take a lunch break here. I just I just shotgun through and do the deal. So if that's the way you work at work, you can do that at home. But just I think the import, the important thing would be when you've done your day, then go home, you know, in, in, in VR fashion. You know, okay, now I'm going to leave this spot of the room or go into this other room and now I'm home. Uh, also, take frequent breaks so you don't burn out. You're probably not actually working 100% of the time when you're in the office anyway. Is it advisable to, as you do at the office, Preston, gossip with family members about other family members? <laughs> Hopefully you're doing that already. Yeah. But yes, you should you should go ahead and do that too. Uh in fact it says here be sure to socialize after work, even if it's just a video call to keep the loneliness at bay. Yes. I have more and more friends who are doing um virtual happy hours. And uh, I had a friend really? who was doing it last night. Yep, she it was like uh eight people maybe and they were FaceTiming one another huh. and having wine at home and, and okay. it was it was eight ladies, but like uh, for them that was the I way to do that. end the day. All right, I'll I'll FaceTime <laughs> you. Tonight. You know what? We can do it we can do it on air. I mean we can there there we can do uh we can do whatever we Virtual want. Happy hour? We, we, we listen. We created the new high tech sport of the future yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the sky's the limit. All right, here's one I think you should stick to. Don't do household chores randomly throughout the day, since it can get distracting. And said instead, schedule a specific time for them. So oh. while you're in between whatever you're doing for Turning work, butter. 
uh, starting to you know do the dishes or or go through you know start doing laundry and stuff like that. Don't do oh, that at the same time. I'll leave like the the. Um uh, dishwasher door open as I'm loading the dishwasher and have to run upstairs for something and then start laundry. And an hour right. later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was doing the dishes downstairs. Yep. But you have to multitask. A lot of times when you hear Kathy getting to the microphone late, if, if we're starting traffic or whatever, you like to go down and change the oil in your car. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I yeah. always do that. Uh, communicate to people you live with that you're working. Like if you have a video call with your coworkers and need everyone to be quiet, so make sure everybody knows. Yeah! Like that, that you need to my sister in law work to do. My sister in law was on a conference call yesterday with her managers, and uh, she didn't have the phone on mute. And my nephew yelled, "I just pooped! Come wipe me!" And, Come wipe me! And her manager was like, "Do you need to go?" The next tip is use headphones and mute your mute your microphone during conference calls unless you're speaking to minimize the amount of audio feedback and times that random sounds. God damn it! I just pooped. Come wipe me. Pierre. Um, yes, that makes there's a there's a classic a bit of uh, footage. I think it, it occurred last year where this guy was doing a hit, um, you know, to a local TV station from his house oh, in yeah, England, yeah. and his kids kept coming in. Do you remember that one, Preston? What was it? I'm sorry. Oh so, yeah, yeah, that was great. Right. Uh, it's oh, up, it's yeah. up in the uh, the yeah, studio yeah, yeah. here, <laughs> and the kids kept opening up the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Uh, this also indicates you should go outside, even if it's just a quick walk around your block. Uh, the fresh air will do wonders. You can take a break that way. Take your cat for a walk. Uh, yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> and and then finally, uh, it says stay active. Even if you can't go to an uh, in-real-life fitness class or to the gym, there are plenty of effective workouts that you can do at home. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with working at home. No, that's stupid. It needs yeah. to be struck from the list. Yeah, exactly. You don't work out. Uh, one of the other clues should be take useless things off your list. Yeah, do that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so anyhow, just some suggestions, and there's some legitimate ones in there if you are finding yourself at an in home work environment that you're normally not doing on a regular basis. You may have done it before, but if you're going to be doing it every day for, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks and maybe after that, uh, these are some tips to keep in mind. And I think they're very legitimate. So, uh, obviously, and if you're a workaholic, pay attention to these. Fight yep. the urge to work around the clock. All right, we'll take a break, come back in a moment, and uh, we'll get the Bizarre File stories when we return. Make sure you stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on on the web, PrestonandSteve.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, with this this change in lifestyle patterns and all that stuff, uh, you know, wanted to just uh, reach out to, to various friends uh, in and around the world and see how things are going with them and what they're doing to, in the meantime, because everybody's had to change a little bit in their life. Yeah. Some have had to change a lot in their life. I've heard the phrase coming together by being apart, and it's it's sort it's of an interesting, interesting thing, and, and yeah. really, it, it is sort of happening. Yep, so uh, please welcome our friend to the program, Mr. Kevin Smith. Yay! He's on the line. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. I was fascinated by the, the like, 
12-second traffic report. <laughs> like, it, never, it never occurred to me that, like, there is no more traffic. Like, the roads are empty. Yeah. We're in walking dead times. I'm yeah. nuts. Yeah, you know we've um, actually. How are you, kid? We're doing well, good. actually. Yeah, yeah, good. It's just uh, you know adjusting to some some odd things, and and uh, people's schedules are off just a little bit. But other than that, you know, we're business as usual on the radio. I am. Um, I too am kind of business as usual because I like when I'm not on the road or out at the house. Like I spend every waking moment in the house. So when they were like, <laughs> everyone's got to lock down, I was like, done and done. Yeah. I just came from the. I just came off the road, man. Like, I was on, uh, I was at 65, 67 cities in three countries over the course of four months. Wow. Uh, so, this was during the Dan Silent Bob Reboot Roadshow Tour. So, our tour ended, thank the Lord, man, thanks, Mott. Our tour ended just as they were like, everybody stay home, because it would have, like, destroyed the tour, to say the very least. But uh, we finished our tour. I was out there for so long. I was touching on people. Like, because not only were we seeing 1,500 people a night, but then we'd have VIP photos afterwards. And every time oh, I'm like, hi, and I'd give him a big hug, and, <laughs> yeah. photo, and then hug him again. And I never even got a cold while I was on the road. So I think my immune system is pretty good regardless. Do you, do you do anything, though? Do you do anything extra to help with your immune system? No. I, I you know, honestly, post-heart attack, you know, I kind of changed my life when way healthier than I'd ever been. So I think, like, I've got enough vitamins in the old system that I didn't, like, that whole stretch, I didn't even get a cold. I honestly thought during the four months of the tour that I'd, you know, wind up not getting a flu, but at least get a cold. But every night I got up and spoke and never lost my voice because I never got sick. So I probably... Like patient zero, I'm probably carrying. <laughs> you are, yes, you are. Unbeknownst to you, you're patient zero. I would say this though, yeah. I, I, likewise with with healthy living and, and and diet and so on and so forth. Um, obviously, there there are people with extenuating circumstances, but I have like for me, the only thing that will do me in is if it's like a um, like uh, you know the an, an intestinal thing like uh, <laughs> diarrhea and all that stuff. Those those things always waylay me. But for the most part. This stuff now, Corona is obviously something to, to be serious about. But I, I chuckled when you said about your lifestyle not being impacted much, because as with you, most of our social stuff occurs through our job. And when the, yeah. the day is over, I like to be a homebody and and stay at home. Um, do do you even though you know you're used to this? Do you find yourself getting a little antsy? Uh, not in the least. Man. <laughs> I, I, this is I was. I wasn't dreaming about this scenario, and I wouldn't wish this scenario on anybody on the country, on the world. It's terrible. That being said, like, you know, as the tour was closing, I was like, oh, it's going to be nice to get home. But then I was going to be going back out on the road. Like, we had a movie. My friend made a documentary about me called Clerk that was going to premiere at South by Southwest. So I was going to be heading out to South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. I was doing a gig in Jersey. We were opening a Smod Castle, a little theater in the quick stop building in Leonardo, New Jersey on 420 and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be home for two minutes and I'm going to be back on the road and stuff. So suddenly now being forced to be home allows me to kick back and write Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that's what cool. I'm going to do. Okay. Um, hey, so I wanted to ask you just go, kind of going back to what you were talking about with Kathy's traffic report. Um, now it seems like it would be the perfect time for any filmmaker who needed to do any sort of outside scenes that would require <laughs> there to be no cars on the road 
to now would be the perfect yeah, time to do that. Stock footage might be a good idea. <laughs> remember, yeah. remember how you know how much money they paid to like shut down a, a few blocks in New York to shoot <laughs> Vanilla Sky? No, how much does that cost? I am Legend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember I am Legend. Yeah, like, like the people yeah. who worked on Vanilla Sky. I spoke to people who worked on Vanilla Sky. Kids who had come up in the industry and they were like PAs on that movie. And there were two PAs I spoke to on that movie who were on another movie later on with me who had better positions. Like they kind of raised up in the industry, but they were like. When we were making Bill and Skyman, I was a PA. I was given $1,000 cash, and anybody who ran or was walking toward the street, toward that shot where Tom Cruise walks in the middle of Times Square and it's all empty and stuff, anybody who got close to where the shot was, we were permitted to run up to them and be like, I'll give you $50 to not move. <laughs> they just have right oh my God. <laughs> pocket money that they were wow. going to hand out to people. Wow, that is really easy. running around Times Square <laughs> dashing, man, like Sonic. <laughs> Well, now fifty here, 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 and there. But yeah, so like that, I am legend. When they did, uh, you know, uh, uh, Will Smith yeah. was yeah. in New York City and was completely shut down and stuff. That too was a very expensive shutdown that you can only afford to do at a certain time of day. There's only a certain angle, but they will, you know, the city will work with you, particularly if you're a giant movie like that, um, and shut down that many blocks. And you know, of course, New Yorkers hate it like poison and stuff because it's tough enough to get around that city anyway. But then when you see the movie, you're like, oh, that's great. Now in the age of CG, yeah. you know, you could just kind of erase people and stuff. But you're absolutely right. Like, who was it? The guy who directed uh, Rogue One, he directed uh, Godzilla. And before that, he just did this movie. It was a big monster movie. Uh, Garrett. Um, he shot what, Gareth Edwards. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah. He shot, he shot like, I think it was called Monsters or something like that. But basically, he, he shot footage at disaster areas. So if like a hurricane came through or a flood or something, he would go shoot and have his characters be like, look what they did, you know, talking about these fictional monsters. And then he only needed the monsters in a few shots. It's really smart, uh, inexpensive filmmaking. So yes, you're absolutely right to go back to your point. If you're a filmmaker <laughs> who's looking to do like a desolate landscape, now's the time to run out and do it for cheap. Man. They, yeah, they, they call it making lemonade from a pandemic. The, by the way, the, the movie, the movie, the movie Monsters is a is a great movie, and you you brought that up. That's that was. Um, that was sort of a quiet little movie that sort of snuck in. I, I caught it by uh, happenstance. And uh, what they did with a shoestring budget with these creatures and, and this whole this whole thing is really wild. It, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a great movie. I wanted to bring it's up... Great, you know what it says? It uses well what's not there. Yeah. Like they use the landscape that looks like it's been wrecked by a monster and then talk about it as if it had been there. Another ingenious use of something that's not there... Like the Invisible Man movie that you can now like stream at home, but I saw it in the theaters a couple of weeks ago. It's only seven million bucks, man. And I was like, what? And then I'm watching the movie and I realized, like, this is ingenious. One yeah. of the cheapest special effects in the world is be like, yeah. he's not there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're actually, you actually like shooting less. It costs less money and stuff. It was, it was really ingenious. I watched that. What did I watch? I watched The Hunt. Now that I've been home, what'd you uh, think? You know, they start streaming that. I thought it was fun. It's not the movie that everyone said it was, you know, like uh, this polemic that it is. It's tongue-in-cheek and stuff. Okay. And they kind of go after both sides. So I, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, you know what I watched uh, yesterday morning? Got up, blazed, uh, <laughs> waist-baked, and watched Onward. What a mistake that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emotional Absolute emotional mess at the end. I was bawling. <laughs> bawling, man. If you have a, if you have a brother, or if you've ever had a father, oh, this movie will destroy you. And I called up my brother, and I was like, I love you so much. <laughs> you 
I watched that movie, and at the end, I was like, this is so sad. Like, why is this kid's movie this sad? Oh, it was incredibly done. Like, incredibly well done. I, you know, I'll work my whole life and we'll make something as beautiful as the last 20 minutes of that movie. Oh, you know what? Absolutely wonder. I, I did get to see, you know, obviously we, we uh, I, uh, you know, last time we had you on and had you in the studio, this, the, the tour was on. The Jane Silent Bob Reboot tour was on. Finally got to see it and, and loved it. And it was, uh, there were oh, moments. That's, that's right. I got a movie, too. I forgot. <laughs> yes, you do. And I have to tell you, you know, after spending pop culture years with you and having you fuel a lot of the stuff that I love in a pop culture sense, that to me was a love letter to so many moments and to see so many friends pop up and so many friends with their 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 uh, tongues planted firmly in their cheeks having a ball and uh, it was it was what I wanted it to be and and so kudos to you on that it was really a, a, a solid uh, an emotional love letter I thought. It really, I appreciate that. It's a, it's a fun little watch. If you like any of those movies that I did when I was a kid, man. And it is like, you know, you go in going, well, it better be funny. And then what we give you is, uh, we, we I think it's funny, but then we give you the, the, the feels as well. And that's kind of like what you don't expect yeah. going in. And that's what you walk out with. It's really nice. It's on Amazon Prime right now. I can watch it free because you got Amazon Prime. On Amazon Prime. Well, the, the, the whole Affleck, uh, the Ben Affleck sequence that you, we, we had heard about was, was wonderful. And Chris Hemsworth, as a holographic representation of himself, delivers some of the, <laughs> the biggest laughs. It was wonderful. It was, you know, it's wild, too. It's like, you know, I, I miss the tour, and I'll miss the tour every day of my life. It was like the, the most fun I ever had in my entire career. Every night I went out to a, like a, a screening where it was like going to a church where I was both the priest and Jesus. And stuff. <laughs> so it was, it was just wonderful. But, you know, every night when they saw somebody they recognized, the audience like broke into applause. It were like party screenings and stuff. But the one that was always like fun for me to watch uh, because the audience has this very confused reaction is Chris Jericho's in the movie. Yes. And Chris Jericho plays, you know, spoilers, a clan leader at a clan rally. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the boys have to uh, kind of uh, the girl, the, the girls that are traveling with the boys. The movies about Jay finds out he has a long lost daughter. The daughter and friends wind up in the hands of the clan and stuff. So you know, every time somebody walks into the movie that people recognize, everybody applauds. Chris Jericho comes in as a Klansman. He lifts his hood and he goes peekaboo, and the audience applauds because, like, it's Chris Jericho. And then suddenly they realize they're applauding a Klan leader. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped applauding, like, oh, I, well, you know, under only under circumstances. It was a very funny to watch their how do I react to this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, so with that, and I want to want to go back to also your recommendations for obviously our our, our quarantine and, and other movies you would. Oh, let me give you a, let me give you another one, man. A fascinating watch. I, I watched it pre quarantine, but like a couple weeks ago, a movie called Swallow. Have you heard about this? I have, but I have not seen it. Oh, so worth watching. Such a classy movie, art film, like directed within an inch of its life. Beautiful to look at. Composition fantastic. Performances haunting. Subject matter is about uh, is called Pika Pika. Have you ever heard? Yes, of it? yeah, sure. It's where like you know, like dogs eat, will eat dirt and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You eat things uh, that are not uh, edible. They're not sustainable. You're not supposed to eat yeah. them. Yeah, human being not nutritional at all. Yeah. Like sometimes people eat paper. Some people eat dirt. Some people eat metal objects. So she lives in this very sterilized world with a kind of be perfect sort of husband or whatnot. So to take some peace for herself or whatnot, she starts swallowing things. So she starts with like a marble 
And then, like, later on, she fishes it out the toilet, cleans it off, puts it on this tray, like, you know, like it's an accomplishment. Like, I swallowed this, and it came out. But then the tray starts filling up with crazy stuff, like a thumbtack, a safety pin. At one point, oh, she wow. swallows a battery, Whoa. and she winds up being pregnant, and they go do a sonogram, but they're like, what's this? And they open her up, and she's got all this metal in her stomach. Oh it was a haunting Haunting motion picture, bro. Oh, like, that's I'm wild. Okay, so so, so I to watch. I'm not saying like get the popcorn. You'll have a good time. It's definitely you got to be in the mood to watch a movie like this. But man, it stuck with me like crazy. Well, here's just the other day. I was reading an article. I was telling these guys about. it. I think it was on BuzzFeed, and it was movies that are difficult to sit through. Not because they're essentially bad movies, but the subject matter, like you said, can kind of f you get, up, get inside of you. One of right. your, one of your movies was on that list. Which one do you think it is? Got to be Jersey Girl. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Tusk. No, it, it was Tusk. Well, Tusk. I knew it. Yeah, Tusk is That's a great right. movie. So, so yeah. When, when the guy who made Tusk is telling you that Swallow, you know, is an unnerving <laughs> watch. All right, all right. You know, it's a good one too, yeah. uh, uh, Kevin. I don't know if you saw um, Come to Daddy with Elijah Wood. Ooh, I've, I've seen the, the poster a few times as I've been clicking through, and I haven't watched it. It's good. Yeah, so th- I describe it as, uh, like, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit with a little bit of Pulp Fiction. And it's, wow, uh, I'm in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's re- I, when I love, like you talked about uh, Lee Wanell and and uh, with The Invisible Man, when, when they try something different, when they take it at a different um, angle, and, and that's that's what that was like. I'll also have another recommendation for you quickly for uh, for Netflix. Did you see David Lynch's? Uh, short film. What did Jack do? No. How is it? So it's it's a noir film where David Lynch is sitting there and he's he's cross examining a uh, or he's he's interrogating a monkey that supposedly committed a murder. And in in cheap sort of retro fashion, they have a human mouth put on. <laughs> the monkey's really mouth, yeah, and so it kind of like clutch cargo. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. and yeah. it is it is riveting and hilarious and classically David Lynch bizarre. You've got you've got to see it. Oh man, I love that he's. I think David's got to be in his seventies now, and he's still as weird as ever. That <laughs> dude has remained so true to brand. Like the same guy that made Eraserhead. Is the same guy that made that short, apparently, the way you described it. Yeah. Um, you know what else I saw I, on Netflix, which is, I just watched yesterday? It's fascinating. Uh, the Platform. Have you watched this yet? No. no. It's a great movie. It's like a quasi-sci-fi movie. Guy wakes up, and he's inside this prison. And the prison is like, um, he's got a cell. He shares one other person. It's all kind of cement. And there's a big, giant square hole in the floor. If you look over it, you can see down, it just looks like it goes straight down forever, repeated cells. And the idea is a table comes through once a day um, from one of the floors above. There's like uh, hundreds of floors. And so uh, as the table comes down, people eat off it at each cell level. Um, and they only have a few minutes to gorge, and then it goes down. Um, and, and the idea is if everyone only took what they needed, the table would make it all the way down to the lower levels and everyone would have sustenance. But since human beings are human beings, everyone takes too much and then the people down below don't get anything, so they resort to cannibalism. It was crazy. Oh, well, well, that's that's actually a, a good... It's definitely uh, worth watching. <laughs> it's a read, a reader movie, though. Yeah. Uh, it was from another country, but, man, it was... <laughs> captured my imagination, one of the most original things I've seen in a long time. And it's a... 
it's watch it with some, if you're stuck in you know uh, quarantine. You watch it with somebody because it's one of those. What would you do? You right. Know, as you sit there and discuss afterwards. It's pretty wonderful. I love that. Pretty wild. Hey, uh, have you seen Uncut Gems yet? Yes. This is how I win. Yeah, I loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was another one that I had. Um, you know, I, and I watched the whole thing. My wife wanted to turn it off about an hour in, and I understood where she was coming from, but. Uh, Two things were, you know, uh, going against her. One, uh, we were already an hour invested into it, and, and two, uh, I paid for it. So, uh, you know, so I'm like, we're, we're, we're going to see this all the way to the end. Has there ever been a movie that you had to, you just turned off? Um, I, I'm not turned off, but when I was a kid, I walked out of the Flintstones movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in a theater, I was by myself, and I was really looking forward to it. I wasn't a big Flintstones fan, but I was so like, I can't believe we live in a world where they're actually doing a live action Flintstones. And I love John Goodman from Roseanne and stuff. Right. And about halfway through that movie, I was like, life's too short. And I just... just, (laughs) (laughs) Even as a kid, you know, well, what was... We talked about, for example, I've seen Eraserhead, and I saw it once, and that was enough. I really appreciate it. I appreciate what he was attempting to do, but I don't need to go there again. Uh, what what movie would be like that for you, where you just, okay, one and done. I appreciate it, but I can't go back there. Um, you're absolutely right to pull a razor in. It's so weird. I just watched this documentary. It's not out yet, but it's on uh, cult films. Yeah. Uh, and it was wonderful. It was like three two-hour documentaries, each one two hours. And one of them was like midnight movies, and they showed the racer hit. So they did a big like ten minute dive on a racer head. And as I watched all the clips, I was like, oh my god, I remember that. Like I remembered uh, watching it years ago in the in late eighties, early nineties. How it fired up my creative DNA. Right. How it made me think things were possible, and and like you could do things like this. And I've yet n- never seen it again since then. Yeah. I, it's not a movie that you're like, I got to revisit it now because I probably won't see the same magic I did. When I was a kid, but when I watched their look back, I was like, man, that movie, I remember that. But, but I'm t- with you. It's probably one I'll never watch again. Uh, look, I loved Parasite, but, yeah. you know, once you've seen it, you've yeah. seen it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, for, I'm, and I'm not saying it ain't good enough for, for many watches. I'm, you, I'm sure many people can deep dive on it and find more and more. But, like, kind of like, um, like The Arrival. I love The Arrival. Such a brilliant movie. But once you've seen it, You've you've seen it. It's tough to like. Yeah. If you watch it again, then you know you're seeing it through the prism of, oh, I know the twist. I know what's going to happen. Right. So all of this makes sense. And, and you can definitely appreciate like how you can go back and reverse engineer in a second viewing. Like, look how they did that. That makes sense. Well, but there are definitely some movies that not because I don't like them, but just because you're like, I got it. I'm good. Just, yeah, there's some that's disturbing. The, the director who did Ex Machina and um, Annihilation. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I forget. Dude, I love that Machina. It, it really like Annihilation is one of those disturbing. Uh, again, where you, yeah. you you walk out, and you're like, "How am I supposed to feel?" Because <laughs> it yeah, ifs you like, up. What was the ending? Yeah, yeah it, 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 you'll feel that honestly. You'll feel that way about the platform as well. So, uh, how, right. how did you happen upon upon the platform? Did somebody recommend that to you, or you were like, "Okay, this is a." Uh, I'm. I'm you, you I know. was about. Three weeks ago, uh, I saw a mini trailer for it. On uh, I was in my timeline on Twitter, and I was like, "The art direction." I'm, a, I'm a, since I, I'm not like name checking or trying to brag, but as the guy that made Clerks, <laughs> I always, uh, whenever I see a movie that looks inexpensive, 
like, but but it doesn't feel cheap. But like, oh, like you know, when I watched Invisible Man, whole time we were watching the movie, I'm sitting next to my wife, and I'm like, can you believe it? It's it's ingenious what they're doing because I was so taken by the idea of like, of uh, they found a way to make a low budget movie. The the platform to me looked like a low budget movie, and I'm sure they spent some money on stuff. But at the end of the day, you literally could have done it as a play as well. Like it's one room essentially so uh, movies like that always draw my attention like you know monsters as we were talking about before because it's an ingenious use of limited means like and that appeals to my creative dna i agree well, and you're you're the poster boy for for making ends meet for very little and, and 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 unintentionally making clerks even more fascinating and have it being in black and white just because it was cheaper to do it that way you know exactly exactly yeah. so when i see stuff like that where i'm like Look at that, man. That's clever. Like, yeah. if you didn't have a bunch of mo money, you could tell that story. That still captures my imagination to this day. So that's what drew me to that. And then, like, I, I was waiting for it to drop, and finally they dropped it, and I was hyping my wife for it because I'm like, they got cannibalism in it. And stuff. So uh, we, uh, it, it was, like, it was. it's far deeper uh, than, and, and it's brilliant, but it's far deeper than the trailer I watched than the way I sold it to my wife. Even the way I'm selling it here, like it sounds on the surface very cool, but it, you know, there's deep messages to that movie. Did you ever see the movie uh, uh, Eli Roth's Green Inferno? Yeah, where they at one point there's the scene where they stuff their friends with weed and then they burn them. And <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's so off it's so off the the, uh, the 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 charts. Yeah, I mean, and then there's sometimes when you have where the, the, the audience gets it or you get it, you're you're enjoying the excess. Or I, I know it just shuts a lot of people down, but those those are those little gems that sort of you know pop up sporadically. And again, talking about Preston's uh, you know uh, perception of clerks and everything. Sometimes, I mean, I think it is the case. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin. Great big budgets are great, but the sort of creativity that comes out of all right, how are we going to do this with this? Just breeds some really really wild stuff. What do they say? Necessity is the mother of invention. Right. You know, and that's that's what happened. Most people on low-budget films are constantly in need. You know, when you're on a big-budget film, there's no need because there's money to solve all your problems and heal all wounds. But on a low-budget movie, you don't have anything. You're always in a state of needing something more. Oh, we could need, we need more money. We need a camera. We need this. So necessity... Uh, is abundant on a movie set. And so that's why, you know, low-budget movies, you do find inventive things because necessity is the mother of invention. What you lack in uh, uh, being able to uh, whiz-bang, you know, some visuals, sure. you can make up for with, like, oh, wait. Like, you know, it's something dopey in Clerks that people always liked when they found out afterwards was, like, in the movie, the steel shutters are closed, you know, and D Dante's like, there's gum in the lock, so we can't open the steel shutters. <laughs> but then people people figured out and they would be so proud of themselves coming up to me going, like, you you, you have the steel shutters closed because you were shooting the movie at night. So you wrote that into the movie that the steel shutters were closed because people stuffed gun in the locks. But really, it was a practical reason. I'm like, exactly, exactly. Wow. And that captures people's imagination where they figured out, like, mm -hmm. hey, that's like the same way I was talking about the Invisible Man going, Hey man, without having another guy in the scene, that's the cheapest special effect in the world. <laughs> that's how people approach that moment where they're like, "Oh, I get it." And for that one brief moment, when people piece that together, that's the same moment when they realize they could also be a filmmaker. And so some people keep moving forward with that and go, "Oh, 
can do that. And some people just go like, oh, I could, that could never happen to me. But I promise you, if everyone took it the next step further to do the actual thing, they too would find their little ingenious uh, necessity being the mother of invention creative moment that they could totally build on. I'm not saying they're silly for not doing it. Some people just don't have that inclination. But, like, that's what happened to me. I watched uh, Robert Townsend made a movie called Hollywood Shuffle yeah, yeah. many years ago. Very funny movie. And he did an interview uh, with Stern years ago, it was right. like 30 years ago. And so at one point he's talking about how he financed that movie using credit cards. <laughs> this was years before I made Clerks. But I remember listening to that interview and being like, what? Like, that's possible? Huh. I didn't, I didn't know that. And it just sat in the back of my head. Years later when I made Clerks, I was like, Robert Townsend said that he could charge some of the, the like the renting of the camera and the film stock. On a credit card, like all I need to do is get a credit card, and maybe I can make a movie. It's weird how you accrue little pieces of information, and for some people, it's just trivia, and for some people, it's the it's the secret map. It's like the it's the finding like the riddle that leads to the Sphinx. So I, I agree. I uh, to, to those little tidbits of information that make it so much more exciting. I remember. Then I don't know if this is an apocryphal story or if it's accurate. Knowing the subject matter, I might think it's accurate that Roger Corman, when he did the original Little Shop of Horrors, had, like, specifically the sets would only extend to where the camera would see. <laughs> there was no, everything was so, like, like so cut down to bare bones minimum that it was virtually like a one, one shot, you know, one take, move on. Like, they, they kept it, it was the right. leanest and meanest uh, approach to filmmaking. And and that in in of itself is a genius thing to be able to do to to be that efficient, because you have to be that efficient. You're working with the means you got, man. Yeah. Like you know, everybody can do that, and it, it results differently in everybody's hands. Some people will always be like, "No, I can't tell the story unless I have more." Right. And I'm not taking anything away from those people. Like the way I hear it, like in Aritu, the guy who did uh, you know Revenant and stuff like that, and and oh, it was a Birdman. Yeah. Um, like it, it, I, from what I understand, like when they're making the Revenant, everyone was out in the cold and it was miserable and it wasn't like, you know, Hey, jump out of the cold and jump into this trailer. Like everyone was in equally, um, crappy condition. <laughs> um, and, and the director wanted that because that's the tone of the movie. Yeah. Like, you know. Like that's how they would have been, and that's and you know I respect, and that dude won an Oscar, so you can't argue with that. <laughs> you can I'm tell too. Where I'm like, I'm the other guy who's like, just pretend like you're cold, and then we'll go inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I can't say I wouldn't like your style if I was an actor. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, that's why that dude wins awards. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I want to bring things kind of back to the our, our current scenario with everybody in this is quarantine thing. I I'm believing number one. I think it's going to last a little bit longer than than people are anticipating right now. But I think that 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 may be a good thing in some regards. I think we're going to see a creative boom out of this. I think that people are going to be at home and they're going to, you know, they're going to they're going to go. I've had this time, you know, maybe I should try writing something. I've never done that before. I've always had a slight interest in that. Or maybe they're going to mess around with the the the, the camera function on their phone or the fact that they might have eye, you know, uh, iMovie or something like that. And I got to believe in now what we'll see of that, what the fruits will be. I'm not sure, but I, I have a feeling that people. Are really going to stretch their their creative muscles a little bit uh in this time i absolutely agree uh, me notwithstanding because as previously mentioned i'm writing clerks three more <laughs> so i'm not that creative <laughs> however 
uh, most of the world, we're starting to see it in little pockets. Like, you know, we live in a TikTok universe now. Look how clever people are, man. Like, I watched a video of, like, a guy and his girlfriend, and they, like, stood back to back, and she put her head down. The horse. Long hair. And stuff. Like, the horse. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. The horse. Mm -hmm. That was one of the most entertaining things I've seen since Swallow. You know what I'm saying? It took me 30 seconds to watch. So, you know, I'm a guy who started his whole career came from people going, oh, I saw that crappy low-budget movie you made. It was fun. The modern-day version of that is like, oh, man, that TikTok was brilliant. You know, and somebody gets a bunch of hits on it, and then they're like, oh, I'm good at this. And they keep doing it and build a career off of that sort of thing. So even on the mild level, you're starting to see more creativity. Um, but I would also point out, as you said, a lot of people are home, and they're like, oh, i got time to write. A lot of people are also losing their jobs yes. um, as they're home. So that is also a great motivator where you're like, well, look, I don't have that to worry about anymore. I can't go find a new job at the moment. I'm just stuck in quarantine. Best way to make use of my time is write. You know, I've always wanted to write. I've always, and, and, and look, you know, I'm not talking about getting on the internet and writing about how bad this all is or like what you're missing or some fish concert. Yeah, I'm talking to you guys. But I'm talking about real writing. I'm talking about sharing something of yourself or creating a world that didn't exist before, like George Lucas did and stuff like that. Like we're all stuck inside, you know, and, and on one level, of course, through the prism of like, well, I have stuff to do. This seems like an irritant, but I think Sometime from now, we'll be able to look back and be like, oh, we got a nice little reset. We yeah. got a nice little moment where there's no competition. You don't have to worry that if you're checking out to follow your dream, that the world's going to move ahead without you or somebody's going to jump ahead. Like, nobody's going anywhere for the next few months. Kevin, you're, so now would be the time to lean into that creativity. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And, and, and in that, and we will, obviously, there's not an expert, you know, in the world who's saying that this will not pass. It's just how, how we go about it and how efficiently we make sure that we can follow what we're being asked to do. And then that will reflect in it. But ultimately, I think you're right. In a way, in a way, you know, there's uh, our, our the, the the doctor for the show uh, had had uh, you know he uh, paraphrased Apollo 13. You know, this will be our our finest moment, and it could be if we if we uh, turn ourselves over and uh, get involved with endeavors as you're saying, see what you're capable of, use the time uh, to to at least indulge things that you want to do. You're not going anywhere. You might as well give it a shot. Yep. You know what I've seen that uh, was really beautiful, like. Uh uh, here, they're really starting to lock down. Like yesterday, they just issued a new order where they're like, hey, we're going to start closing uh, like state parks and stuff like that. For a while, they were letting people, since everything else was closed, they're like, well, you can go hiking and whatnot. Um, but now they're even tamping that down. Um, what I see, though, like when I look outside or if I've driven someplace, is families walking. Yeah, you know, going, yes. Like, in groups, like, and I haven't seen that, like, mate, I haven't seen that since Halloween in the 90s. You're right. <laughs> like, it, it just blew my mind, and it wasn't just, oh, there's that one family out. There's just a bunch, and they're all distanced from, you know, other families, but they're little clusters. These are all people that are in quarantine together anyway, but, like, you never see that. This is a world where, like, you drop kids off at a place, and then you go to a place, and then, you know, you family is a a different uh, look than it was than from the world when I grew up in terms of, you know, even sat down, ate dinner together and stuff like that. Right. Now it seems like there's this weird return to that. It was adorable to see these families like 
just walking together like, all right, kids, put on your clothes. And you know it comes from a bunch of parents being like, if I have to spend one more minute in the house with these little animals, I'm going to go nuts. But like, there's something warm and wonderful about it. Something, this is a bad thing. I ain't trying to paint it as it's not a bad thing. And like this, uh, you know, it's it's terrible that it's happening. And, and we'll, you know, you just got to batten down the hatches and, and get through it, wash your hands, stuff like that. Yeah, you're not, ag- you're not ignoring the... The seriousness oh, of it, but but if we if we don't take a moment to acknowledge the uh, the beauty that comes out of yeah. of, of negative things, then then we're not paying attention. There's always a silver lining. Mm-hmm. There is you know, seeing families walking together. That's a silver lining, particularly like who knows what the future looks like. At yeah. least we got families walking around right now. So yeah. I'm. Nope, oh, we lost. That got grim right at the end there, boy. No, 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 it was, it was no, it's hey, all good, mm-hmm. Kevin. So, so nobody's really pushing any projects right now. Everything is on hold. We're we're really thrilled that you you wanted to come on and, and chat because we wanted to reach out to some some people and just talk. It's what you know, it's what we do for a living. And whether they're selling a product or not, or you know, we still want to talk and see what's up in everybody's lives. If you've got any friends that uh, <laughs> any Hollywood friends that want to that want to chat, we'd we'd love to talk. So you know, if you, if you I, think. I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask around, but I bet you, like a lot of those cats are like, ah, I don't have to be myself. For <laughs> yeah, for a while. And it may be. I'm the other guy. I'm like, that's all I do. So yeah, you're good at it. I'm, yeah, I'm happy to jump on the phone. No, they, yeah, we, knowing that we might take a, a hit in quality, we'll certainly talk to whoever's available. But we appreciate you making the time. Yeah, for thanks us. for the uh, the the suggestions, the stuff to watch. That's cool, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll take uh, take your suggestions and go check them out. And, we'll, and we may be checking with you a little bit later on to see if you have any more suggestions or everything. You know, <laughs> yeah, depending on how long this drags out. <laughs> By then, I will be able to say, like, hey, guys, I went to every site on the Internet. <laughs> I, finished the, I finished the Internet. Uh, I love it. All right, Kev. Uh, later today, folks, in, I think about an hour or something like that, uh, yeah. my Hollywood Babylon podcast drops. Okay. Awesome. Right. Thanks, be- kids. Anytime. Thank you, sir. Kevin yeah. Smith, guys. Gotta love that guy. Yeah. Gotta love him. Stay close. We'll be back in just a moment. Preston and Steve. Today brought to you by Horizon Services. You have one last chance to save on the Horizon Cooling, Heating, and Plumbing Complete AC Tune-Up. Now just $79. Then get your fall heater tune-up for $59. Book online in seconds at horizonezbook.com. A Florida woman 
beat her husband with a bouquet of Mother's Day flowers during a confrontation. Oh, that's beautiful. In the couple's home, isn't it, though? Do you have any flowers that are heavy and pointy? Investigators say that Sandra K. Webb and her spouse were in their Tampa area residence when matters turned physical. Webb was upset at the victim because he bought her children flowers to give her for Mother's Day. And this, quote, made the defendant angry. Webb allegedly threw the flowers at the victim while he was in bed and struck him with the bouquet. This is like 12.30 in the morning, by the way. Ow! Webb is also accused of spitting on her husband's arm and chest. Oh, they're so sweet. After being read her rights, Webb reportedly admitted to police that she threw the flowers, but she denied the spitting part of it. Yeah. So I don't know why she was upset. He was trying to give them something to give to her. Exactly. It's a nice gesture. You would think so, but... You don't appreciate me! Not in Florida. I beat, uh, just like Arani said, friend, uh, <laughs> with the bouquet of flowers that her date gave her for uh, some, like, formal that we had in college while the date who gave her the flowers watched. Why? <laughs> I why? Preston, we were in college, and it was 3 a.m. Why not? <laughs> and and you were you, you meant it, or were you having fun while No, you were we, were, we were having fun with it. Okay, we were, I thought you were really beating no, her with it. No, we were okay. hysterical mm-hmm. laughing, but the poor guy brought her these nice flowers, and I oh, used them to these get her. insane women. <laughs> insane women beating each other with flowers. All right, uh, a South Carolina restaurant partially reopening for dine-in customers to keep their tables uh, compliant with social distancing guidelines by filling the dining room with blow-up dolls. I saw it. It was pretty cool. Uh, the Open Heart, Rest, Open Heart Rest, Hearth Restaurant closed its dining room on March 17th, was allowed to reopen this week with a reduced capacity. Look, at, this one has an opening in its ass. And a requirement that customers are seated six feet apart. The owners of the eatery, Paula Star Meals and her husband, Jimmy, uh, said that they didn't want the restaurant to look empty when customers came in to eat. She said, instead of using scary yellow tape or roping off the empty tables, I thought we're going to make this restaurant look full. She ordered the G-rated kind of inflatable dolls from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, the other, the other kind would be a little too disturbing while you eat. Dressed them up like customers and seated them at tables that would be off limits to diners. Uh, she said, my grandson told me that they look kind of creepy, but I think when people walk in, they're going to laugh. Uh, she said the restaurant's being careful to observe all the state's guidelines to remain open to customers. We're doing everything we can to make sure that we do this right. We just didn't want the virus to be what shuts us down. There was another uh, place in Australia, Steve, similar to that, but they had next door was a um, uh, a hair salon, and they were getting rid of all these hair mannequins, the oh, heads. Yes. Saw those, yeah. So they bought, they took all the, the the heads and they put them around the tables. Oh. Just to give it a little bit of an impression. To give it a little, yeah. you know, little spin. So it was interesting. Uh, how about this one? A 34-year-old woman named, uh, I'm sorry, 34-year-old Brandon Bingham has been charged with aggravated assault after security camera caught him nearly striking and potentially seriously injuring an unnamed gas station employee earlier this month. Uh, the incident happened at a station near Panama City, Florida. There's another one. Yeah, it's uh, always Florida. Uh, the whole thing started after a disagreement between Bingham and the employee about whether the gas pumps were working properly. In reality, Bingham had difficult had a difficult time working the diesel pump himself. A video shows the employee shaking her finger at Bingham as he pulls away from the pumps. And a few seconds later, the full-size truck with a trailer attached can be seen driving towards a woman, stopping only a few inches before striking her. Fortunately, there was a pole that stopped the truck from going any further. Uh, the employee fell backwards to the ground, and Bingham's truck quickly reversed out of the lot. Police were able to identify marks on the trucks 
and a business sign on the vehicle, and Bingham was quickly located and arrested after So that. the driver of that truck was having difficulty pumping the diesel? Yeah, so he decided to try and yeah. run her over. Uh, maybe I'll kill truck. this woman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Hazel Lawton of Scotland recently posted an apology to a local Facebook group after a four-year-old bull named Ron rubbed against utility poles and ended up knocking the transformer to the ground. I'm very, very sorry about my bull. Uh, the move knocked out electricity to more than 700 homes in the town. Lawton wrote, in part, had an itchy bum. So he scratched it on the electricity pole and knocked the transformer off. How big is this thing? Uh, I don't, they, they can get up to like, you know, 2,000 pounds. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, she also added that Ron is happy, happy to be alive as the bull managed to avoid an 11,000-volt shock from the fallen transformer box. So, uh, But the uh, power was out for a few hours. Uh, we'll do another story out of Scotland, actually, with millions thought uh, with that, throughout the world uh, working from home amid the shutdowns. One thought likely absent from people's minds is what perishables left behind might be rotting away in empty offices. Oh, yeah. Staying at home has afforded people the luxury of not having to worry if they left their garage door open or stove on. But one woman uh, from Scotland did show some concern over a nine-week-old banana she had forgotten to take home when she left her office. Uh, Mari Louise Brennan of Glasgow, Scotland... Uh, had an anxiety-riddled realization on Tuesday. She left the fruit inside a desk drawer for safekeeping. Banana, banana, banana! <laughs> uh, before the coronavirus pandemic brought her to uh, brought work to a halt for her employer. Mm. Uh, she said, knowing that there's a banana, and this is how she's writing it, yeah. without the G's and stuff, knowing there's a banana in my desk drawer at work, which has been uh, there since a week before lockdown, is making me feel anxious, she wrote on Twitter. It's tearing me apart. Uh, users on Twitter had some fun with her fear that was uh, now public in addition to speculating what the fruit might look like in its decomposed state. Following her newfound social media fame over a banana and the need to give herself the, and, uh, on the online public or some closure, uh, Brendan decided to venture back to the office to see exactly what a nine-week-old banana would look like. She took a video of her opening the drawer and discovered the blackened and decomposed fruit, <laughs> which thankfully had yet to see the insides ooze out of its protective peel. What did you leave here? What was that? It was a food... I left a banana in my briefcase. That's it. And it wasn't until I saw this greasy black... Yeah stuff at the bottom of, like, the Bizarre Files. It had leaked into oh the Bizarre Files God. and it was a banana. What is, what is this at the bottom of my bag? Uh, Brennan wrote... It's all over the Bizarre Files. The unknown was killing me, so I drove to work to see what the damage was. I present a nine-week-old banana and she wrote, she wrote, safe to say it's deed. D-E-E-D. Deed is a doornail. Deed. You can't eat it. I don't even know if it make good bread. Uh, she said, I came here from the viral tweet hoping for a resolution. Thanks for the following, though. Or following through. At least a user wrote that. Uh, and uh, so she was able to track it down and get the anxiety over with. <laughs> and there you go. That is what I have for you in today's Bizarre File. Uh, let's take a- another break. Yeah. Another break. Another break for checking on your various fruits you might have left at work. Yeah. Stay with us. Get what you want when you want it. MMR On Demand. Preston and Steve's Daily Rush. Sarah's Rock Breakdown. MMR Podcasts. The latest videos and interviews with your fave artists and lots more. 
Click the on-demand tab at WMMR.com. So we got two guests, I believe, on the line uh, that we're going to talk to. And this uh, came about to us, uh, at least the information led to us, was from listeners who got in touch and said, Hey, we were watching this uh, Mystery Science Theater special that was going on. And uh, they were doing this riff-along thing where it was a live social distancing version of, of Mystery Science Theater 3000. The live touring cast was watching some old episodes. Right, and, and people and, were able to participate, correct? Yeah, yeah, and they're doing their thing. They're throwing in the lines and so on. And, and I, I believe it was the, the, the Tom Servo character uh, that said, we have this? Yeah, I think it's all queued up to where it needs okay. to be. So we heard this, this line, and somebody sent us a, an excerpt of it. Isn't that the new Preston and Steve catchphrase? Danger, explosive door bolts. And <laughs> to say we were honored is an understatement. Yes. And I, I still don't know the origin of this and <laughs> why we were mentioned. And if we, and even if we find out that it was not even remotely an honor, we're still honored. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it still exactly, works. Yeah. Because uh, the show's awesome. Uh, it has been for years. And we found out more. More surprises in the connection to Philadelphia. We have a writer and producer who's from the area. We have the creator and original star who lives in Philadelphia. What the hell knew that? I have no idea. He's we could have been hitting him up for interviews all along. For years. Uh, so please welcome uh, creator Joel Hodgson to the yeah. show this morning. Hey, oh, hey Joel. How you doing? Hey, Preston. Steve. Thanks for having us on. I got Matt. I got Matt McGinnis, who's a writer producer. Yes, and hello. He and Matt wrote the line. So did you, Matt? Yeah, I did. It's, it's my fault. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we got we have questions for everybody, but uh, first, let's let's go to you, Matt, with with that line. Uh, and and uh, first, your history. Do you, do you still live in Philadelphia? Oh yeah, oh, no, I, we I, both I, yeah. do. Yeah, we're both in the area. We've been. I've lived here for ten years. Matt's here, been here his whole life. So yeah. Okay. All right. And then Matt, how long have you been with the show? Oh gosh, it must be uh, four years now, at least. Okay, and uh, and so you've been writing for years. And then what what made you decide to include us in the, in the show? Well, well, can I step in here? I want to just tell a little bit of the story because. Yeah. When we write uh, the show, I mean, all everybody writes, all the performers write, Matt and I write, and Cheryl, um, and, and Cheryl Volpe, who's one of our producers, writes. We all work on it, but then Matt and I are the ones who kind of pick the riffs and fill in any blanks that are there. So there was this spot, with, and I'm reading to him that line. And he goes, I don't know why, but I want to put a Preston, you know, I want, I want to put a Preston and Steve joke in here. <laughs> and, and, he, and I said, go for it, man. And so everybody loved it, and um, we were really thrilled to do it. But I think we oh. go ahead, Matt. I'll let you explain a little more. But I just want to preface it. So it was basically, like, there's just this shot in the movie where you see this close-up of, like, this moon rover kind mm -hmm. of thing this uh, they call it a bug in the movie that they're riding in and it's got these big red stickers on it and in all caps it all says like you know danger explosive door and to me it just looked like a gadzoop sticker <laughs> oh, <laughs> there, you well, there you go yeah yeah oh. what was the movie again uh because i i've seen it countless times and you 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 all have for years displayed a uh uh, a knack for picking out these movies where you you've seen them but you can never remember the title. Does, do you remember the title of the it's movie? Moon, it's Moon Zero Two, and That's it was it. called the the first Western in space. 
Okay. And so it was the same year that 2001 came out, and it was the one that didn't succeed. It's so odd because on a quality scale, they're so dead even. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, they put, a lot of, they put a lot of money into this movie, so it may be one of the most expensive bad movies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's um, like, yeah. Well, it's so cool, and and what a surprise! And and uh, and Matt, we appreciate that. That's that's awesome. Uh, and and Joel, just you know, creating this show, and obviously we're going to ask some questions you you've been asked for years, but ones that we want to know the answer to. Because uh, what what year what was the first year uh, that uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand was oh. able to find a home? Well, we started in Minneapolis on a UHF channel probably in 1989, and then we really started. We re, the first time we got paid to do it was for Comedy Central, and that was like right around 19, 1990, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. So. It's been 30 years. We're just coming up on 31 years now. Yeah, the the traction was almost instantaneous. I remember this was the this was before there was a quote unquote a, a viral atmosphere to spread the word. Uh, everyone was you know coming the same way you'd be bombarded with Monty Python freaks. You'd get the uh, Mystery Science Theater stuff, and so everyone was was loving it. You took essentially. So you, you know, you're you're a comedian, Joel, and have been working, you know, in in the comedy world for for years, and and um, it's what we all love to do: sit there and 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 make fun of of bad movies. But um, what I want to ask you, and I don't know if this is an apocryphal story or not, but was was the impetus for this uh, movie? You you were in, sort of inspired by a movie that I love called Silent Running. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I first got to the idea of movie riffing, the idea of you know trying to have a second narrative over the top of a movie, you know, just like adding jokes and doing it for the whole length of a movie. I first started with this shot in, um, oh, what was it? The, uh, the guy, it was a Charlton Heston movie. It was the one where the Omega Man. Omega Man. Yeah. And the Omega Man, he's watching uh, Woodstock and he's, and he's going, look at all the people. And it, and so it was kind of like that I got, I started with the idea that there's an apocalypse and there's a guy in a TV station with a robot and it was like a zombie outbreak. Right. And I, and I realized at the time, I didn't think I could really make that funny. So I softened it to silent running, which is a guy in space with three robot companions. And so that's kind of how I got to Yeah, that. a lot of people don't remember. Okay. It's a great movie. It was done by the same guy who did the special effects for 2001. And, Trumbull, yeah. Uh, yeah Trumbull, and, right, and directed it. And there was Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And they were the three yeah. robots that kept him sort of sane. And, and, and Bruce, once, Bruce Stern is unbelievable because he goes nuts. At the end, he loses it, and he's so good at that. <laughs> he, he starts nuts and gets nutsier. But yeah, when I heard that, I was, it was, I thought it was so awesome because I've loved that movie for years, and it oh, made per- it's great. It made perfect sense. Joel, did you create uh, Crow and Tom Servo, your your robot companions? Yeah, as well? yeah. I I had made um, it was kind of peculiar, but I had made robots for uh, a while before MST, and I used to sell them. In a shop in Minneapolis, I'd collage these robots out of found objects. I kind of figured out how to do it. And then I said, oh, I know how to do that. There's this unique style of making a puppet. So I'll make puppets like that. So I made the first, you know, uh, Tom Servo Crow and what was called Gypsy. Now she's called GPC. Okay. So so you you were doing stuff like this, uh, and and I... 
you started the way a lot of um, people that are, end up to uh, uh, entertain a, a livelihood with comedy. You started doing uh, magic, ventriloquism, all the stuff that a lot of people who end up in entertainment are uh-huh. doing. Carson started that way. And, uh, and and so were you incorporating ventriloquism and magic in your earliest uh, performances? Well, if you look at it, it's kind of inspired by ventriloquism because, you know, the ultimate when a ventriloquist is really good, he uses two dummies. And if you look at MST from the back, it's a guy. Like, I, I originally thought, oh, maybe I'll run both robots. So I'd be holding each of them like two ventriloquist dummies. But right. ultimately, I brought in two really, really brilliant guys, Trace Beaulieu and J. Elvis Weinstein, who were Tom Ser- the original Tom Servo and the original Crow, and they really, like, brought those characters to life as we know them now. And, you know, I got to tell you guys, we we got to get Tom and Crow on your show sometime. Yes. We'd love that. Yes. We'd be honored. Yeah, yeah so, so, for sure. So, Matt, were you, so you were um, uh, obviously a writer, producer, and a comedian, and your own right comedy writer. Uh, were you, a, you were, had to be a fan of the show well before you joined it, correct? Oh yeah, like when I was when I was growing up, I, I remember seeing the show on like Comedy Central when I was a kid, and I kind of it kind of disappeared from my consciousness until about like high school when I was reintroduced to it because I was you know I fell in love with like bad movies by like Ed Wood and Coleman yeah. Francis and stuff like that. So when I rediscovered this show that used those movies as basically the plot of each episode, I was like, this is genius. Like, this is fantastic. So, yeah, when when I started working with Joel, I was already a huge fan of the show. And uh, I, I hope that helped. Yeah, you, you both have to subscribe to the notion that I do, that, uh, you know, movies are like pizza, even bad pizza is still pretty good. And and, and <laughs> the, the, these these movies, uh, and I, I found years ago being drawn to them, there was a book that was out, uh, from uh, he was at the time a movie critic, Michael Medved, and I think it was the, the Gold Turkey Awards. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that that was a big influence on me. I I saw that in college, and I remember saying to myself, "Why isn't anybody making shows with these right. movies? These movies are adorable." It was a huge influence on me, absolutely. And you start. Yeah, I got my copy somewhere. There you go. I, I thought so because things like Horror uh, Party Beach and and all all of those. Um, all of those great ones and this island earth which so let me ask you both you your favorite movie to uh to give the treatment to what has what has provided you the most opportunity and joy to to bring your special skills to hmm. wow man why don't you go first um my favorite so far has been well, there was one that we did in season 12 on Netflix uh, a movie called Mac and Me. Oh, you God, oh my yes. God! We talk about it all the time. It to- gets mentioned on the show all the time. We had the director and we had the director and writer in here, and he was with no he was with James Brolin. Yeah. They were pushing another movie they'd worked on, and the only Nick Nick, you'll remember this. The only reason we had him in here was because we were so we were such big fans of Mac and Me, which was the <laughs> ultimate ET ripoff. That's great. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And when we got to hype uh, we got to hype our Netflix series. We got 20 feature-length episodes on Netflix and I not to toot our own horn but 
We're all of them are 100 percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes oh, right now. So awesome. we want to we want to encourage you to your uh, everybody listening to check them out. We're real proud of them. Yeah, if you've never experienced Mystery Science Theater 3000, this this is something that you could delve into and would be brand new, and you would have a blast with Joel. I wanted to ask you about how you would categorize your level of celebrity because you know uh, we we have we have all kinds of. Of people oh, now via YouTube great. and and the that's web great. and and they have their little niche and but you guys you were that before any of this came along um, and I remember one time we had our, our friends they might be giants in and I remember John Flansburg uh, saying oh, we have successfully clawed our way to the middle I'll never forget he, <laughs> he used know, the phrase I, that like that I'd feel I'd feel really honored if I was as famous as they might be giants I think I'd be really content to reside uh, in the Parthenon of middle uh, level celebrities absolutely I'd feel honored if you were that famous too uh, yeah yeah catch yeah. I mean, it's it's a great question, and I've been wondering about that myself. I'm, I gotta say, I'm really happy with it. I, I have friends that are really famous, and and it and it and their lives can be really wild. And uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I I wrote on Jerry Seinfeld's first HBO special, uh, Stand Up Confidential, and he's been great to me. I'm in I'm in uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. Right. And and he's a wonderful guy and a wonderful friend, but he's so famous that when we go out to eat, it's like people just get electrified, mm. you know, and really get excited when he's around. And I would get self-conscious if if that was that if I was that exciting anywhere I went. So I'm kind of I'm pretty happy with it, and um, I like doing the work, and I like. Um, I'm really glad we got a show up that's running, and, um, you know, we're still running after 30 years, so I'm really grateful for it. I'll never forget the first time I got hooked, what, and, I, and I remember the specific line that, that did it for me. I couldn't tell you what movie it was, couldn't tell you what year it was, but I, the show was on. I don't even think I knew what Mystery Science Theater 3000 was, but there was a scene where a guy who was clearly, he was getting ready to, to leave his home forever. He was running from the law or something like that, or I don't know what, and he takes one last glance at his house or apartment inside before he leaves, and one of the characters just goes, man... I've had a lot of kick-ass parties here. And then left. And I'm like, that was hilarious. And I was on board. You probably have no idea what that was from, do you, Joel? There's been could, so many lines. I couldn't tell you. We've, we've produced over 200,000 riffs wow. over the last 30 years. So there's a lot of them. Some of them I remember, but some of them I don't. But I'm, I'm, it, it's so fun to hear you say that. Because it's still funny, and I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember it, so it's really fun to hear it again. Yeah, coming from you, well, I'm really glad. I'm glad it worked for you, man. Cool. cool. What you guys do, it's something that we love. And a lot of times, we'll we'll do something on the show, and there'll be a throwaway where no one will react to, and then you'll get an email or you know, tweet from somebody who said, "I heard that, and it cracked me up." And and, and many times, my my favorite moments. Uh, from Mystery Science Theater it are those little, those really side comments uh, because, and I assume that what you're doing is you're, you're kind of taking multiple passes at the movie to make it as densely uh, humor-filled as as you do because that's that's not one pass of watching, correct? That's, ex that's exactly right. We watch it and um, we do it as a group and everybody goes through it and 
we just kind of it takes the stress off because you just kind of kind of it's like knitting in a way so there's not like comedy shouldn't be hard and it shouldn't be like i think there's kind of a model like probably from neil simon plays that everyone in the writer's room is real mean and you know it's hard to do and and everybody's angry and it doesn't work that way you have to kind of like each other and you you only want to make people laugh you like so it's just kind of like we have a lot of fun writing it and there's not a lot of stress because we just kind of do it all together and create a bunch of ideas and we don't create and edit at the same time and that's the mm-hmm. secret of what we do we do not let anybody in the room who's saying no 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 not funny enough give me something else they can't be in the writer's room because it's great that's not how you do it it's not how you do it you edit later and so that's the kind of the secret of the show that's why it's lasted so long and Joel, as far as like the nuts and bolts and the, and the filming and so forth, you know, while the movie's on and we're watching the crew make their commentary, we see the, the silhouettes of the backs of them. Do you guys have a script in front of you or is it uh, you just remember? I would imagine you've got to have some notes in front of you yeah, while you're doing the show. Well, yeah, there, there's 700 riffs in a movie, so <laughs> we have it all written out and it's it's on a prompter, right? Yeah. So, Everybody's got a prompter that they're that they're watching so they can track it. But but we what's what's interesting about the riff along the thing that we did on on Sunday and we had like two hundred thousand views uh, that people who saw which we're really happy with because it was something we did really spur of the moment and it was kind of like um, you know we were we were really just waiting wading into it but if you saw those early episodes we only we were kind of halfway between writing and kind of just saying stuff and we, were, we were all over the place in that first episode that episode moon zero two we kind of were missing stuff and we were kind of throwing in our own stuff and we were kind of talking over each other so after the first season we were we were then saying, okay, we write everything because there's all these log jams that happen when you just yell out stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, So, so the, we write it all. We write it all now, yeah. Uh, so, Matt, obviously, being a part of the show now and, and, and doing what you're doing, and uh, Joel's had a, a, a long run and continues to, and obviously we have the revelation of, of being able to access episodes on Netflix. Uh, what, what's in your future? Are, are you going to carry this torch as long as you can as well, or what else do you have working? Oh man, that's such a well. Depends. He's got to take again. it. He's got to take it from me. Um, <laughs> wait, I want to let you finish that line because it's really funny. Go ahead. I, I reiterate <laughs> as I loosen my tie. I reiterate. <laughs> depends on when the future is. Boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it, there. There again, you you talking about the uh, the level of celebrity and all that stuff. There are worse things, you know, than than being part of something that is so uh, beloved and can can keep adapting. Because the one thing you can be certain of is substandard movies are always going to be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our greatest natural resource. <laughs> <Bad> <laughs> Matt, so really you, run it over. so so you're a lifer. Where did you uh, where did you grow up around here? I grew up in the Northeast. Um, you know, sort of the frankfurt area okay and um you know it's still very near and dear to my heart but i you know i've spent my whole life in the city and i've i've just been all over i've got friends all over the city that i that i used to go and visit um 
but uh, yeah. you know how it is nowadays. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I, I usually usually get all over the city. I usually uh, sometimes I used to spend a lot of time just down in the heart of the city with friends and seeing concerts and things and that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, you know, it's been a Boy, my whole life. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to uh, Joel Hodgson and Matt McGinnis with uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. They had uh, written us into uh, their riff along that they had the other uh, the other night. Joel, um, how about you? How you? How did Philly come into your life? Oh, uh, you know, my wife's family's from out here, so I'm from the Midwest. But um, I'm really we've been here ten years. I really love it, and um, it's kind of um, it's been great. And um, I'm just. Uh, it's been wonderful working here, and um, we're we're just having a blast. Uh, it's been super cool. Are you working for a uh, for a tech firm? I, I I think I got the story right. You were... oh oh that was uh, I was working for a friend of mine. Uh, it was a company called Kenay that had a novel uh, propulsion system for satellites. Wow! And wow. so all I all I was doing was I I can't wade in and actually explain to you technically what they did, but it was a fantastic, um, it was a fantastic method of uh, using propulsion on a satellite where they normally don't. um, They're putting up a lot of CubeSats right now, which really just go up with, they put, they pack them in the ballast as ballast in, uh, in rockets and they let them go and they basically have a decay, um, they just decay. They just kind of slowly rotate around the Earth, and they decay into the atmosphere and burn up. But as they're going down, they can use them, and they're they're about the size of a lunchbox. That's and wild. So this, comp- this company produ- uh, has this propulsion system for those that they're developing, and I was just I was only helping them um, with uh, promoting stuff. Um, and I'm not at all involved technically. It's mostly like graphics, their website, and their PR stuff. I got so, you. But still, yeah. you bizarrely got tied to the space projects. And I know. It was so weird. That's and, um, weird. So weird. Life imitating art. And I'm way. Yes. I'm in. I'm in way over my head, so I'm just going to shut up about. It. Yeah, yeah. No. You're like a. You're like a ten bell nerd because of that now, man. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that is now that is super cool. But it is like some self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. You eventually will end up in some sort of ship with robot. Oh, <laughs> Joel, how, how about the live shows? You know, when when people are able to do live oh, shows, do you participate God, yeah. in those? We we just finished the tour. It was amazing. Let let me give you the beats. We closed the tour on um, we closed the tour on Monday. Flew home. On Tuesday, the truck was there. We unloaded the truck into the storage space. On Wednesday, they announced the pandemic. So wow. we just got done. We got done with a hundred city tour the day before the pandemic was announced. So we're really grateful. And then once it happened, we just started working on this idea of the riff along. And it was really, we're really happy with it. It was successful. We'll probably do uh, do it again and other things like it. Um, just because people appreciated it so much. And we just want to keep, you know, while we're waiting uh, for this uh, pandemic to get kind of managed, we um, we're, we still want to keep doing stuff. So this was kind of our, our way of producing a version of MST while everybody's at home. 
Yeah, no, and, and obviously you have the wherewithal to do that with the, with the uh, the technology the way it is. But when it does become uh, something that is feasible and viable, and uh, we can we can attend, you do anything locally, you let us know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we we would we love did. to be a part. We played we played the we played the Miriam uh, this fall. We sold out the Miriam, which was really a blast. And um, did a lot of shows locally. We played the Keswick several times. How the hell are we missing so we, this? We always do. We always do Philly. It's always been such a wonderful town for us. So of course we always. Yeah. And a lot of those people are our friends anyway. We paper the room. Hey but. Joel, for, for the live shows, if, if you ever, has anyone ever floated the concept of maybe taking some late seventies, early eighties? Porn movies that actually had <laughs> plots to them, and maybe edit out the hardcore sex and doing yeah. that. Be like so much material from that. It's waiting. It's waiting to happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was a guy. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, I, but they're all about the pool boy, right? They're well, all about, I remember like, one. You know, yeah. They were. They would really try. They would really try to have plots. And what you would do is when. You, when you remember, you used to have to rent porn movies from mm-hmm. it wasn't just readily available every time you turn on the computer. And then you would see sort of the duress and the videotape. It would start to whir a little bit as uh, an actual acted scene would start up mm-hmm. because people were then speeding to the next sex scene. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, <laughs> but it was pretty raw. But, it, but you're, yeah, they would really try to make, we're going to make something profound here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of good material there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially. Uh, uh, Emmanuel in space. So if you want to go to like to that softcore, softcore stuff, yeah. space, I believe there was an Emmanuel in space. Okay. Uh, well, it seemed, it seemed a likely progression, right? Yeah. That's where her life was leading her eventually. Yeah. Hey, Joel, this is Casey. I, I haven't really uh, chimed in at all during this interview, but I wanted to ask about, um, you know, people sort of. Um, like gaining a like a taste over time for what you created so many years ago because you know like for instance i i couldn't have eaten sushi in high school my there's no way my palate would have allowed it and so way back then my little i I just don't think my comedic chops allowed for me to understand what you were doing it was the same thing with like monty python it wasn't until i became an adult where Mm -hmm. i was like oh now i actually get this and i wasn't sure if you ever hear from people who many many years later finally understand and get the joke did we lose him um yeah yeah that was just a terrible question that's all we're still we're still here yeah um well i really appreciate (laughs) that and yeah it's like i felt the same way like i was the same way about python like when i was in high school everybody was electrified by it and i kind of saw some of it but i just was into other things and then in college See, that's what it is. We're we're losing the signal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know why? Because you hear me now. Yeah. There we go. Can you hear me now? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joel. You were breaking up. I was just saying. I was just saying that I had the same experience with Python, where I kind of, you know, it was okay, but I didn't like. My friends were way into it, and then in college was when I really had my experience with them, and so I, I totally get that thinking. Well, the, the time, especially when people are in lockdown and are looking for material, if you have sort of flirted with the notion of entering your world, now is as good a time as any. You're saying, how many episodes available up on Netflix right now? Well, there's 20, but we made it, we've done over 217 <laughs> feature-length episodes, so there's a lot. We um, There's tons of it. There's It's on uh, Shout, Shout Factory TV. There are partners. Um, there's also, where else are they, Matt? Like, I'm trying to think. Oh, we have a Twitch channel. Mm. 
Um, there's a 24-7 Pluto TV channel. Yeah. Love it. So there's, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, Shout Factory's great. They do a whole bunch of uh, Blu-ray collections of, of uh, loving tributes to uh, horror movies and, like, John Carpenter stuff, and they, they include all these behind-the-scenes uh, extras. Yeah, it's a great company, so it's cool you're with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, listen, uh, this, this is such... We, we were really excited to have you guys on. Oh, thank you guys so much. Well, we're fans. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be in touch with more stuff. Excellent. Love yeah, it. when things normalize, let's let's do this again. So we appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, Netflix right now, you can watch in all kinds of the other yep. uh, services that they said. So thank you, Joel Hudson, Matt McGinnis. Hey. Mystery hey. Science Theater hey. 3000. Take care, guys. Thank you, guys. All thank right, you. stay safe. Bye. We'll see you. Oh, my God. That's fun. I love it. And you know what? That... it. That kind of turned into a bit of an activity for people, too. Like, you could have people over, yeah. watch a bad movie, and it was, you did what they did. You riff along. That's what I've, I mean, I've done that all my life. Yeah. I've yeah. done that all my life, and people would come over, we'd have parties, and that would be, the movie would go on, and I would start uh, doing it, the live commentary. And it's, it's because uh, I know so many movies that lend themselves to that. I mean, that are just that terrible. Yeah, yeah. And they, they their, uh, their uncanny ability to hone in on the ones that are just it's you, you in other words you don't do you don't do ones that are forced cult movies where they're obviously trying to be bad right you do ones that are trying to be good but end up bad right all right uh we gotta take a break we'll be back in just a moment hey philly come socialize with us follow 933 wmmr on twitter and instagram or be our friend on facebook see photos videos and random behind the scenes stuff some stuff you don't want to see plus it's completely safe for work if you work here that is our guest is on. He's early. Hey, hey. I love that. He's got the new special stream now on Netflix. It premieres today. He's one of the best. And we love having him by here anytime we can. Uh, it is called Ball Hog. <laughs> I love that term. Please welcome uh, Mr. Tom Segura to the air. Yeah. Tom, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. We're we're kind of uh, we've got the the show is extended today. Three of our members are actually at home, but they can hear you. I, you know what, Kathy? Can you say hi to Tom and see if he can hear you or not? Hey, Tom, can you hear me? Hey, I can hear you very well. Hey, very good. Because we haven't tested that out with uh, with the at home people and our guests on the phone line, so we're kind of splitting guys, up for for safety's sake. You guys still have the nerve to go into an office right now? Yes, yeah. we, we are doing that. Actually, uh, it, it turns out that we, we come in through, like, particular doors. We don't see a lot of people. The, the building, for all intents and purposes, is shut down. The the staff here is, is really bare bones minimum. And, uh, you know, the studio's big enough where we can keep it um, fairly safe. Tom, we actually get deloused before we come we in. We do. Uh, mm-hmm. Each yeah, yeah. morning, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice, man. I wish I got deloused when I walk in the house. <laughs> yeah, this is great, man. Uh, uh, so to that point, and the, our point is is that if you go out to get food or anything, you're it's the same level of exposure as here. In fact, we're, we're, we're being a little bit more um, strict about it because the, the studios were actually cleaned comprehensively with this antiviral fog over the weekend so we're, we're trying everything we can and hopefully this can be the case for a while until this all wraps up but uh i wanted to uh, i wanted to ask you obviously you're we know that everything is on hold what are you doing to kill the time during a pandemic palooza uh, losing my mind are you losing your mind <laughs> of course i'm home all day with my family man <laughs> what do you expect i feel so bad for you bro. Y- you've got the t- you got your two sons and your wife right yeah, 
and like normally, you know, one of your kids starts just being alive, and you're like, I gotta go. And you can't. None of that. All day, I'm like, man, I have never hit you guys this hard. (laughs) So you're 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 close close fisting it now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these kids are gonna fight when they get older for sure because. I'm training them right now. <laughs> You're giving them the basics. How, well, all right. So in, in normal times, how do you guys uh, handle being on the road and stuff like that? Because you and your wife are both uh, working, traveling comedians. So h- how do you guys end up working that out? Um, you know, we just, we always take turns. So it's like the norm for us where it's like, I'm gone this weekend. You're gone next weekend. There's somebody like one of us is always at the house. So right now it's just obviously... You know, we're both here all day, and we're both like, just let me go upstairs for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, so. I have to tell you also, just and I, I made a note to bring it up, but I didn't want to, uh, you know, uh, not bring this up. On your <laughs> on your Twitter page, and the video is going viral, you have a dance response to uh, Burt Kreischer <laughs> that is, uh, is so hilarious. It is an elaborate dance, and then you have, I don't know if it's a deep fake, but off to the side is this incredibly fat guy. With Bert's face on him, is is that a deep fake or is that a guy who just looks like Bert? Oh no, that's Bert. We got Bert to sit in, and um, you know, he just—that's what he looks like. Um, no, we we filmed, <laughs> we lied to Bert, and we, um, you know, do you know? Did he tell you how I got him his face there for that? No. no. Oh, this is so fun. <laughs> so basically, I knew I was going to make a dance video, and I I knew I wanted to have. Um, a guy play Bert, and uh, the idea was just to have a guy play Bert who was way bigger than Bert, like yeah. 400 plus pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so I told the director, and the director he directs music videos and he directs uh, commercials. He has all this like special effects, um, you know, experience. And he goes, "Well, he goes if I could just film Bert." in a certain environment, I can then lift his face and put it on this guy's body. And I was like, so what should we do? And then I was like, oh, I know what you should do. Come by our podcast studio, and um, we'll pretend that we're doing promos for our podcast. Oh, that's great. And and then he was like, do, do podcast people do these types of promos? And I was like, no, no, of course not. So... He he came by the studio. He showed Bert like commercials he's directed, and Bert was like, "This is awesome!" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm going to do for you guys." And so then we had Bert sit in this space with, by the way, no microphone. <laughs> like, he he we didn't like, question that. Bert was just like, "I'll do whatever you ask." So. <laughs> He sat there, and I was like, hey, you read your lines. I'm going to go home and come back and do mine. And he was like, okay, I'll see you later. Oh. So he sat there, did liners, like, on the next two bears, one K. Like, kept doing these these liners for a, for a vi- like, a video promo for a podcast. <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't even... He didn't even question it. He didn't question why there was no boom mic in the room capturing the sound. Oh, my God. And then... And then he basically, when I showed it to him, he was like, you never came and did your lines, did you? I was like, no, man. <laughs> we just- what an elaborate hoax. I, I love it. And, and Tom, also, the, the choreography, you're, you're dancing. I mean, it's like Janet Jackson level, 20 people dancing, the whole thing. 
I, how long did you work on that? Because that routine is incredibly meticulous. Um, dude, it is the hardest thing I have ever done. I believe it. <laughs> I, it took me, I mean, I had three long rehearsal sessions and then an additional three short ones. And then I would practice at home on my own yeah. for like, I don't know, a few weeks. <laughs> all in all, I mean, I felt like I put a hundred plus hours in it. My favorite part is that when, um, you know, when I did it, I, I worked with these video choreographers who who have done like actual Missy Elliott videos. Okay. One of them actually tours with Janet Jackson. So, there you go. So when they, they put it all together and I thought I was ready to do it with the pros, they bring the pros in. I am not exaggerating. <laughs> in seven minutes, they were like, we got it down. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you have it down? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we're ready to go now. I was like, I mean, don't you need to practice more? And they're like, no, it's simple enough for us. And I was like, okay. <laughs> no, you're, you're not kidding because yep. um, when you see people like on, on a Broadway uh, shows when they're asked, okay, here's the step. We want you to learn it. And then they do it. Uh, and then they got it. They have it within a, you know, a minute. Yep. It's, it's a whole different level of ability. Dude, it, it changed my whole appreciation for dancers and, and music videos. Because you spend, you know, we spend... That video, I think, is like, I don't remember, like 90 seconds long or something. And we were there from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. filming it. Wow. Uh, and you're actually a pretty decent dancer. Thanks. I mean, the only thing is I'm just better than Bert. That's all I <laughs> well, the, uh, well, just to explain also, on Bert's, on, on fake Bert's shirt, it says Mushine, M-U-H-S-H-E-E-N. And he's holding what is basically a, a, a large bucket of vodka. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so his reaction. I, we we've talked to him recently, and I we didn't get to bring. What's his reaction been? Um, the the best thing in the world yep. was I I had it ready, and I could have just uploaded it because I was just going to drop it at any moment. Yeah. Right. And we were a few days away <laughs> from doing our podcast together, and I just told him I was like, you know what, dude, just hold it until. <laughs> We podcast together so I can show it to him mm -hmm. as it debuts. Right. And so we did. So I actually have it on video. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of it's actually one of my favorite favorite moments uh, in my uh, friendship with that guy because he basically almost had an aneurysm in front of me. That's excellent. And and you stab him a la Godfather too at the end of the video mm -hmm. uh, in, yeah. in the stomach, which is great. Uh, so you you have obviously it's two bears one cave is the, uh, the 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 podcast you do with Burt Kreischer. You have a number of other things and projects, but the Netflix special this is very cool. And actually, Burt's uh, was uh, debuted at the uh, you know just at the beginning of all this, and and people are looking for diversions and things to laugh at. So with all the uh, bad timing, it couldn't this couldn't happen at a better time. It's it's strange, man. Yeah, Hey Big Boys Burt's it came out last Tuesday, and mine Ball Hog came out today. It is strange to be out there, um, you know, promoting your special, and you're like, oh, the whole world kind of dying. This is cool. Hey, check out my comedy special. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's strange because, you know, Netflix actually announced, they're like, yeah, viewership's way up, and you have this bizarre sense of, like, should I be celebrating this that everybody is 
forced to be home right now, but it's just our reality, man. You know, like yeah. people are home and and they're watching this stuff. Listen, so, Tom, yeah. pe- people want a diversion right now, and and we're finding we're we're getting a lot of outpour uh, pouring of love because we're coming into work and doing what we do, and people find that entertaining. So yeah, they get it. Oh, they totally get I it. I think I think actually morning radio uh, is like one of those things that could be the most comforting because it's like that familiar team it's the people you know and you're doing a huge service by going in and making people feel like all right these are the voices we know it makes people feel comfortable Uh, yeah i applaud you guys for continuing to do thank you but to echo your sentiment the world health organization put morning radio ahead of a vaccine so uh (laughs) uh, i don't want to blow our own horn but yeah i totally agree (laughs) tom how long have you been working on this special oh man um i guess you know i've I've been on this like two-year um kind of turnaround for the last for all the the last four or whatever it is um so yeah about two years man i shot disgraceful in um the the fall of 2017 it came out in 2018 i was already you know starting to work on this and then shot this in november of 2019 so yeah about two years of touring and i did you know 185 shows um, I think 13 countries. Wow! It was, a, it was a big, it was a big tour for me. So, um, where did you film this particular one? We went to uh, Austin, and I filmed it at uh, Austin City Limits, which is a famous, um, you know, venue in the music world. It's yeah. an absolutely stunning venue. So, um, yeah, November in Austin, it was, uh, it was incredible, man. It was really a, a blast of a night. I, I listen. I'm really, really looking forward to it because your last special is one of my favorites I've ever seen, and and you're you're definitely for me one of my top five favorite comedians out there working today. Oh, thanks, man. No, no, no. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm I'm just sitting there watching and, and enjoying what you have to say, and and I, I feel like um, I mean, you really. You were you were always good. I'm just excited to see where I mean because I, I look the, the at progress. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, so, because you know, your last one was great. And like, I mean, how do you feel as a um, as a comedian? Do you feel like you're you're at your your best right now, and and you have more to offer? I because I, you know, I'm trying. I'm liking it to like a musician who's really like, oh my god, this is you know this last album. I really you know discovered something. Well, I actually feel like. You know, in comedy, you're kind of lucky in that it's one of those things where if you really do put in the work and you don't get too distracted, right. you can get better as you get older. Like, all the best comedians are actually, like, 50 or, or older. So mm-hmm. I think as a comic, when you see that, you're like, you know, I just got to keep working at it. So to me... I've always tried. I've always tried to get better. I try to like you know improve what I'm doing. I try to like m- get uncomfortable and, and talk about things that challenge you, like as a comic. And for this, like, there's a lot more personal stories in there. I mean, it's obviously filled with jokes, but I think it's my best stuff yet. And um, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to just build on what I did last and try to take it to another level. I hope I did it with this one. Hey Tom, I wanted to ask about the uh, the title Ball Hog because you had mentioned Burt's, which is hey, their big boy. His daughter came up with that or said that to him, and <laughs> like our buddy Tom Papa, his is called "You're Doing Great," which is kind of the theme of the whole thing. Did you just did you pluck that from from one of the bits, or is there is there a theme, or where, where'd you get Ball Hog? <laughs> well, I hope you have the dump button ready. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I mean, there it is a line in the <laughs> in the <laughs> in the special, but yeah, I mean, the literal place that I first got it from was um, <clears throat> an adult film site. All right, um, where like there's a whole genre dedicated to just doing stuff with balls. Okay. Yes. And, um, and, and then there's actually a series called Ball Hogs that is, uh, that is not appropriate for, uh, for under 18. Okay. And um, I don't know if I can get much more into it. No, we, okay. we, we know what you're talking about because uh, friends of ours have seen internet pornography <laughs> and can validate that there is a whole... It, 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 it boggles the mind, uh, Tom, how many... If you if you ever want to play a game, just try to put two perversions together and see if there's a subcategory for that on Pornhub. I will guarantee you there is. It's it's an amazing okay. level of perversion. That, this is how I found ball hogs because okay. I was on the road. I'm in a hotel. I'm Jay and my D. I'm just hanging out, and then I saw a video where a lady was like really doing her thing. I'm trying to be yeah, yeah. PG about you're it. doing great. She was she was spending time. With the beans, and I was like, wow, I wonder if there's a whole genre just dedicated to that. And so I typed in a search, and they were like, have you checked out Ball Hogs yet? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is a movie just about this? And that's how I so, so, in other words, it's like, if you liked oh. bean stuff... You might like uh-huh. ball hog. Uh, yes. Wow. When you get the ball hog, the, the actual... I'm talking about the feature film ball hog. Sure. Yes, of course. Um, right. Every the, scene starts with a lady introducing herself like, Hi, I'm Peyton Lafferty, and I'm a ball hog. <laughs> and then they would just do their thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because oh, in the traditional God. sports world, it's someone who won't pass the ball during yep. a game, and mm-hmm. you know yeah. that it's. A, but it's a, whole a double on, entendre. It's there. a double entendre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the adult film world, it's about an angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. What is a loathsome activity for one oh, is yeah. a wonderful activity for the other. Uh, exactly. So Tom's on a tour right now, so we, we have to wrap this up. Tom, if you're willing to, sometime later down the road, if we're still under quarantine in a month from now we'd love to check back in with you because uh, talking to you is so easy oh man i would love to do it i would love to do it thank Excellent. you guys so much anytime Absolutely. anytime at all ball hog is out today thank you tom take care bud we'll talk to you soon okay Thanks, yeah tom Segura, guys. ball hog <laughs> i i didn't know he was gonna give us that that's great now, I, I was i was thinking i was thinking like on the on the, you know the kid is a playground or yeah, selfish yeah. and but, no, in no. this world, you can have mm-hmm. you can have both kinds of ball hogs, and and that's it. But he's right, and we've talked about this many times about the the more elaborate sites. For example, like Bill, Big J was the one who turned us on to I think Lobster Tube, uh, and uh, and yeah. and there are so many somewhere somebody finds something that you would think is rather pedestrian and conventional a, a perversion. Is it Rule Thirty Two? Is that what it is? What is it? Uh, that you can find porn about anything. Oh, is there? Okay, yeah, yes. It's probably. called. I think it's Rule Thirty Two. It's Rule something or the other. I'm not. Nick, you're you got a computer in front of you. Look that up if you don't mind. Uh, but um, yeah, they're, they're, that you can find a perversion for anything. Uh, somebody sent out a. It was a video of they. They were basically doing a, a musical, right? Like Rule Forty Two. Sorry. Rule go ahead. For, okay. Yep. Uh, rule Forty Two. Rule Thirty Four. Either way, uh, there was a musical and. I don't know who sent that to me, uh, but... Uh, I did. It was okay. a porn musical. It was an article, actually, I saw. 
that these porn stars had had flat out. They just went ahead and pushed the production value, and it was the actual porn stars singing. Yeah, oh. and they they dabbled into the stepbrother stepsister uh, realm, which is a popular which is realm, very very popular, right. and and it was really really funny actually. But but it was them actually doing the singing. They harmonized well and everything, yeah. and it was actually amusing. Yeah, they and they didn't delve into hardcore pornography in that particular. Right. One. They, they weren't actually engaged in any sort of activities. They were. Leading Leading up to said activities, yes. I would like to see them engaging in activities. Yeah, perhaps using something as a microphone. I, I don't know. What yeah. about uh, the one that Nick Murphy sent out with the? Uh, oh my god! It was like half and half. It was uh, <laughs> the top it. half were the the porn stars, and then the bottom half were musicians playing instruments. Oh, so it's great. So what they did is they they took actual porn guys in <laughs> that were doing films at the time, but they overlaid on top of that. Uh, 80s music video uh, um, segments. So you would see a guy who's got his hands down below his waist, but that's all you see of, of that shot of him below. It's actually got a bit, it's it's somebody playing the guitar. Right. And so it looks, it like, looks like he's shredding. It looks like he's shredding. <laughs> and it's clip after clip after clip, and it is it's so, so well edited. And I, I think it. it's like AHA's Take on Me that's playing or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Preston, it's, uh, it's Rule 34. And 34. You guys know, yeah, do you know what Rule 35 is? No. Mm-hmm. It's the addendum, and it says, if there is not a porn of it, the internet will make one. Okay. So rule 34 is there's porn of it, and rule 35 is if there is not porn of it, there will be one that is made. Okay. And if you've ever seen anyone, any of them with a plot, you know that the acting is usually fairly terrible. And uh, Maitland Ward is an actual former childhood star who's now gone on to that side of uh, entertainment. Is she the Meryl Streep of porn, would we say, at this point? She posted a, uh, on Instagram, she posted a, like, a teaser video of her latest film. It's called Secretaries. It's called, yeah. And press, did really? you see? Yeah. I, I started, Nick had said, hey, have you seen this red-headed girl? You should follow her on Instagram. She's, you know, you, you might like that. And this was before she was doing porn. Yeah. So I've actually been watching this transition into this. The in, descent. In, yeah. into, or or into, the career but, shift. But now she's like, Steve, she's a superstar oh, yeah. in that world I, right I know. Now. She's, she is. I think she's probably up there with the highest money earners. Maybe. Yeah. But. Uh, her acting is actually really good. So yeah. she she put this video up. Uh, it's just a teaser of, of Secretary, and it's just an acting scene. And I'm like, oh, she's actually bringing something to uh, to this world that really didn't exist before, which mm-hmm. is actually, so. This is her version acting. of like Working Girl. Yeah. Okay. Like that. I think. And she, I see she has a, a a version of Sophie's Choice in the works called <laughs> Sophie's Gash. Okay. Oh my God. We'll look for that soon. Hey, speaking of porn stars, um, everyone's gotten that picture of that uh, that huge black guy. Oh yeah, you sent uh, it to me a thousand times, Kat. Yes. But Case, did you know he played for the NFL? Uh, so I did because it ended up. Did, I don't know if you sent me the the, the, article. the the article. Yeah. I had no idea until I read that article that he was a former. NFL player, and that there was another former NFL player who yes. entered into that world of uh, filmmaking, and he was, used to be a running back for the Vikings. His penis is like a tree trunk, yeah. really, essentially. Yes, and uh, Kathy sent over a loving tribute he, <laughs> that he died. He died in 2011. Oh, I did I see that. Was, but, That's so sad. But that was the one. Hey, uh, is that the Jurassic World one or the Jurassic Park one? I don't remember. No. All right, I'll I'll send you guys to the Jurassic Park one. Great, oh, can't wait. All right, completely unrelated okay. and switching Much gears. Much to Bill's joy. I sent a video to you guys this morning because people are bored in their houses. 
They're coming up with creative things to do. Obviously, we've seen these singing videos oh, and all yeah. this stuff. I saw one today that I thought was really unique and, and fun. What is it? It was this family recreated the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in their house. I sent you the video. This I didn't morning. get to watch it yet. It's, it's awesome. About, it's about two and a half minutes long. It's short and it's it's really really cute what they did. They 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 did a great job with what they had to work with, <laughs> and people are just filming. Oh, things. I did see. I did see a bit of this. I didn't realize that's what they were doing because they were supposed to be in Disney World at this point, right? Or Disneyland. I didn't read the story that maybe, but, yeah. they, but they recreated the actual ride and. Uh, they they sit in a sled and they get dragged through as if it's you know an automated ride going through their living room <laughs> and there's a you know a, a pirate sitting there playing a, a playing a guitar and rocking back and forth in an animatronic way and they go all through their house and there's different pirates and Steve at the very very end is uh, Jack Sparrow uh, you know saying whatever and, and in fact. They they recreate the, like the water flume portion of the ride by taking the sled down the stairs. I love it's that. It's really well done. So people are uh, people are testing their their creativity. Uh, and and I found recently I've I've never dabbled with uh, just because it's so time consuming with uh, with video editing. But I've just been playing around with iMovie for fun, doing some drum stuff at yeah. home. It's a lot of fun. It is. It and is. You, and, it's very and, easy. And if you do have the time on your hands, it's something that you can you can get to work on if you've been meaning to do that. And so. you don't have to work worry about doing something elaborate. Just like you, for example, you you with your your, your T Rex at the drums is, yeah. is fun. You yeah, know? it's yeah. easy. Yeah. You know? So uh, yeah, which by the way, I got to thank uh, Michael Giacchino. I uh, I did a T Rex uh, playing drums video uh, to this the 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 soundtrack of this little six year old Chinese amazing guitarist and singer. And it's just is the prettiest song I've ever heard, and so, uh, it, but it was just guitar. So I added a drum beat to it. It's so great, dressed as uh, as the T Rex. And Jacino got back to me. He's like, "We have to embed her video into your video." So he, Michael Jacino, yeah, yeah. took the time to work on this video and put it together for me. And he posted it online of me playing. Uh, drums to uh, this girl. That's great. We got to get him on. You know, he he's on, on Friday. Oh, he's on, he's on, Friday. on Friday. Yeah, All he right. said he wanted to talk to us, which because is really cool. He's been very active. He's been doing a whole bunch of stuff. And it, the cool part about him is that he is a guy who you know who is he'll respond back to you on Twitter. He's very active with his fan base, and he's. Uh, he, he, I mean, if you want to talk about, there was a picture of him. He had himself up with uh, Kermit. You know, yeah. at home uh, in, in quarantine, and I said, you know, can you think of two better people to hang out yeah. with? Well, one frog and, and one person, but it was <laughs> right, yeah. really super likable guys. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, this time uh, where we are, social distancing and so forth, uh, new data from uh, Alpha Data shows that uh, music streaming fell last week. Uh, during the week of March 13th to March 19th, you would think that it would actually be up. There'd be more bit. people listening, but uh, music streaming. So how's it how's it shifted? Um, you know what? That is a good question. It dropped. People watching TV. Well, it dropped 7.6 percent uh, to under 20.1 billion. Uh, programmed streams on services like Pandora dropped nine percent, while on-demand streams, uh, video and audio. Uh, dropped 7.3%. Drops of this nature are rare, it says here, with the exception being the week after Christmas. Uh, during that same period, digital songs sales fell, as did album sales, both physical and digital. Yet stepbrother, stepsister porn was up market. <laughs> way, way up. Yeah, way yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't really, it doesn't give uh, an example as to what people are doing otherwise. 
Um, but music streaming, it says in particularly in particular, is has taken a dip, and you know, I think you talked about the Netflix and the, and the, the skip up dramatically in in Netflix viewership, and obviously Hulu and all those available things. And then you know people people move from one thing to another. You you might see a spike in in, in streaming, but I don't I don't know. I, you know what I think, Preston? A large part of it probably has to do with people most often listening to music when they consume it in their cars. Yes, yeah, yeah I, I, I would guess it yeah. might be it. But I, you know what? The, as far as the TV thing goes, and I can only go by my own personal experiences. I have not been watching as much as I thought that I would. Oh, be. really? Yeah, I haven't been. I've been finding. Other things to do, whether they're things that have been needed to get done, but I haven't been, I haven't been binge watching like I've been making way. butter. Yeah. Have you been making yeah, butter? I, I, I've been making jam. At my oh house. my god! Yeah, Preston showed us that. a picture of his uh, his son Carter has, and apparently is uh, a genius at it. There was it looked to be about. 50 bottles or 50 jars. I didn't of, count them, but there's yeah. a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, um, I got to sample some. Which you can't. I got the blueberry lime. It is damn good. Wow. It is damn wow. good. Wow. Yeah. I gave her some, too. And uh, I think uh, it's Marissa improved or approved, right, Marissa? It's amazing, Preston. And, in fact, I want the recipe because my boyfriend's looking out to make a beer out of it. Ooh. Wow. Hey. Does Carter get any name love on that beer? Heck, yeah. All right. Hey. The Carter. I love it. Excellent. <laughs> the Carter. Um, hey, and in four years, we'll be able to drink it. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, what else do I want to mention? And I'm just going through stuff. Just that's the quarantine. Preston, you want, yeah. You want a little uh, breaking news? They did officially uh, postpone the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was looking like that was probably going to happen. So that is that is official. Yep. You know what? That might be. What, what are we like guest wise tomorrow? Uh, we have uh, Adam Ferrara is going to give us a call. Okay, because we we have a we have a version of Olympics that uh, that we can. Yeah, we have do. plans. Listen, mm-hmm. just because the. Li- so uh, we knew they were going to do something because it's really less when it was scheduled to happen and more the inability to train for it. Yeah. And so, so they're going to they're do what they're going to do. Nick, you have further more on that story? Yeah, the Japanese prime minister weighed in on it, Steve, and it's going to be until at least 2021. So they're going to take an entire year. All right. You guys, you guys have had dreams where you're supposed to perform something and you're not prepared. You're supposed to take a test. So yep, yeah. last night I had a dream that I was, uh, I didn't know this, but I was going to swim in the Olympics. Wow. And I had to swim the 200-meter uh, IM, so that's a backstroke. Uh, it's butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. Okay. And uh, so I get in, and I start in the back, and, and I, as I'm starting... The, the starter pistol goes, and at the time where the race starts, I realize that it's not the Olympics, but it's the Special Olympics. Oh wow! I know, and I was like, and but, and I was getting my ass kicked in the Special Olympics 200 meter IM. Okay. That, that yeah. uh, that's a special journey you went on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, have, I have a serious question. Okay, uh, in the individual medley, yes. Uh, <laughs> name those again. <laughs> Uh, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. All right, so freestyle. Yes. Does that mean you can do anything you want to? That's a great question, Preston, because I don't know. Because, no, because, it's a stroke. Well, because... The, but it's freestyle, meaning you can kind of do whatever you want. Because I'd, I'd always known what they do as freestyle now as the crawl. Yeah. That, that, that's what that, that stroke was called. Yeah. But now they just call it freestyle, right? Right. When do they do walk like an Egyptian? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they ever did that. You much. don't do that in the pool? But press, I... So... In all the other strokes, there are ways that you can get disqualified, right? So, like, um, if you do a flutter kick during the uh, breaststroke, well, you're disqualified, um, you know, in, in lots of different ways. But but freestyle, I wonder if you can do any 
thing that you want. All right, so he, this is from uh, people also ask. This is from Twitter. <laughs> or, not Twitter. From uh, Google. Google, thank you. Uh, it says, the term freestyle means that you can swim in any style you like. In a technical sense, you are free to swim backstroke, side stroke, or any stroke uh, that you choose in a freestyle race. The exception to this rule is during a medley event in which you are already swimming backstroke, butterfly, and breaststroke. So I guess you can't repeat okay. one of those in the medley. Wh- so. Why is there no uh, stroke that actually simulates a stroke? <laughs> right? <laughs> Where stroke? Your, one side of your face goes <laughs> down. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, can only swim using your arm. right leg and right yes. arm. And stroke, stroke. <laughs> stroke, stroke, right? Stroke, stroke. So I guess most Dear people God. choose the front crawl as their, quote, freestyle because it's the fastest. It's the fastest, What, right? what, is, the fr- what is the front crawl? Is the, is the standard? Yeah. yeah. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing the, the motions here. What about the, the doggy paddle? See, I thought that... <laughs> But, I thought that was technically the stroke, like the freestyle, but no, it's it's free. You can do whatever you want. Steve Jokes, I, I think, uh, and maybe somebody can call in on this, I, I think he could get away with doing a doggy paddle if that's what you wanted to do. Maybe. You'd lose. You'd yeah, lose. You, would, you would absolutely lose. <laughs> yeah. but, Unless um, you were a dog. Uh, they, they might haul ass. Yeah. yeah. Air Bud, the Olympic swimming edition. All right. Uh, well, listen, oh, one last thing, and then we're going to take a break. Um, but have you guys heard the Urban Dictionary word that they've coined? to describe toilet paper hoarders? Mm. No, what is it? Uh, Covidiot. Oh, <laughs> Covidiot. I yes. like it. I like it, too. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're calling you a Covidiot. The term is defined as someone who ignores the warnings regarding public health or safety or a person who hoards goods, denying them from neighbors. Uh, the dictionary gives examples of how the term can be used. Also, did you see that Covidiot with 300 rolls of toilet paper in his basket? <laughs> They're coming down on uh, on the, the hoarders in a big way. I Are mean, they? People, oh, yes, absolutely. Because it's, it, honestly, it yeah. is loathsome, especially since you don't need to be doing it. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly for a short <laughs> segment. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Football is back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2023 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. Bizarre File brought to you by TMA Bucks. TMA Bucks encourages you to visit Bucks County by riding SEPTA Regional Rail. Go to tmabucks.com. Well, it was all fun and game at a home until Neil Gallagher accidentally shot his roommate. The 24-year-old made his first appearance in Tampa courtroom on Wednesday. He's now facing manslaughter charges and the death of his roommate, Eric uh, Hansen. Now, the prosecutor uh, says that Gallagher and his roommate were simulating a combat to see who would win in a knife versus gunfight. They needed to simulate that to know the result? I guess so. I wonder what would win. According to these guys, uh, during the... Tank versus golf cart. uh, During the role-playing, Hanson pulled out the knife, and Gallagher, they say, pulled the trigger. Now, 
Uh, this is according to the... Uh, I win. The prosecutor said, uh, defendant... All right, ready. One, two, three. I win. Uh, defendant pulled the firearm from his pocket. He pointed it at the victim to prove to the victim that he could draw his gun before being reached by the knife. And then <laughs> did fire the gun, shooting the victim in the face. All right, so here's what it's going to do. We're gonna go three, two, one. You pull out your knife, and I'm going to pull the trigger, all right? Three, two, one. I win. Yep. <laughs> Uh, however, Gallagher's attorney said that's not what happened. He said at no point in time did Mr. Gallagher pull the trigger. He was demonstrating the sledgematic. Uh, did uh, nor did he intend for that trigger to be pulled? Nor was there any malice or, or fighting. I win. I win. I win. The uh, attorney <laughs> Anthony Rickman says that uh, Gallagher had removed the magazine from the gun and thought it was unloaded. This is the second time yeah. oh, like that this morning. You mom. I win. Um, Your cat. I win. Uh, there seems to be a malfunction with the firearm, which in fact left the shell casing in the side of the firearm. Prosecutors refute that while accusing Gallagher of showing a reckless disregard for human life. Hey, any, any chance? Were they drinking? It didn't say, actually. It's the this kind of thing that I think yep. when you have a few in you, you might go, you know, I bet I could knife you before you could shoot me. Yeah. I win. I'm wondering if this comes from, because now, if I get this wrong, please be nice, uh, that uh, the police procedure, the protocol is when someone has a knife or is coming at you, if they're within 25 feet, you don't go for your weapon. Right. Uh, because they can move that quickly. Oh, really? Uh, and that by the time you unholster your weapon, they could already be on you and stabbing you. Wow. So okay. uh, that's what I've heard. That's what I, when I was taking crop, that's what I, I was told. So that's why you have other you're, you're trained in other ways. That's why you use obviously. a musket. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You got to load it. <laughs> yep. Uh, use a muzzle loader. Uh, but I, I thought the protocol was 25 feet, and any police can text in and let me know if that's the case or not. It might be less than that. It might be 20 or, or 15. I'm not. How do you get the measuring tape down in time? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how they do that. All right. What is that? It's inches. No, go to the every the, the footmark. See, 10, 11. Okay. Yeah. 18 feet. Uh, so manslaughter apparently is the charge for this. So, uh, a Texas lawyer who allegedly shook his butt at the opposing counsel and directed obscene comments toward him during a mediation won't be sanctioned for his acts. Uh, according to Judge L. H. Rosenthal of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Texas, wrote, One of the sentences a judge does not imagine, much less welcome writing, includes the words butt-shaking in describing a lawyer's alleged actions at a mediation. Sadly, those words fit here, he wrote. Uh, but there's significant disagreement about what happened, the judge said. And even though Attorney Dennis P. Duffy's behavior was clearly outside professional bounds, neither counsel was a role model of professional conduct. All right, follow me on this bold legal move. I want you to do some booty popping. And that's kind of what this guy did. Uh, he And it goes into a lengthy uh, description of what took place legally in the courtroom. But I guess this guy felt he was just kind of, he was literally showing his ass. Sure, yeah. And, but he didn't... You fat-ass piece of shit. He didn't break any laws, and uh, so he's not going to face any disciplinary action from that. Uh, it must have looked like a heist of their dreams. A whole yard full of well-maintained rental vehicles all lined up, unlocked, and ready to go with the keys inside. So, under cover of New Zealand's exceptionally strict virus lockdown, a group of thieves went to work. They cut through the fence of a local rental company. The, the co company's called Juicy. Uh, lifted the gate from its hinges and began driving out the cars. 
And in Hi, fact, juicy rentals. In fact, it is so easy uh, that it was too much of a temptation. The thieves came back for a second helping and another, and a total. Listen to this. 97 vehicles were stolen. 97 Whoa. cars stolen. Why? Uh-huh. Why? Why? Why would you leave the keys? The keys. I don't know. And then, and then leave them unlocked. Yeah. Over several days on a long weekend, they drove the cars in batches from the site and down the deserted roads of Auckland. Hey, if you um, notice, there's a new competing rental car place that just opened up. Uh, uh, Juicy's <laughs> chief rental officer Had the said, same vehicles we have. He said it was like a kick in the gut, to be honest. We couldn't believe that uh, when everyone was pitching in and looking after each other as a nation, there would be this brazen theft. Juicy themselves didn't even notice the theft until they heard from police. The cars had been parked on a storage site. And over the quiet days of what's called Anzac Weekend, I'm not sure what that is, in late April, uh, there had been no checks by the company. Anzacs are yummy. Uh, New Zealand. (laughs) Don't I know it. New Zealand's roads were very empty at the time with everyone at home due to the lockdown rules. When news of the, still, still nearly 100 vehicles? Yeah, uh, when uh, news of the car heist hit the headlines, there was a wave of local support. So far, 85 of the missing vehicles have been recovered, and 29 people have been in, have been arrested in connection. Yeah. You, can, wow. you need a lot of people to drive all those cars. Yep. Uh, by the way, yeah, I have, I have some people that are... Um, uh, concurring about the, the, the rule I was talking about. It's called the 21-foot rule. Okay. People are saying. So it's 20 feet, 21 feet, and yeah, that's when you're supposed to forget the gun and take them on physically, you know. All right, and then we'll do one more story, and we will wrap it up. Um, let's go. I got a couple of good ones here. All right, this one's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, a man faces charges after police say he went into a Dunkin' Donuts store Without his pants on. <laughs> and without his underwear on, too. Now, we run right. on Dunkin'. Right. We run on Dunkin' all the time. Mm-hmm. We, we love Dunkin'. Yes. But I have to ask, is there any sign that specifically says pants must be worn? That's a very good question and one I don't have the answer okay, to. Okay. Was he, uh, he, he was Porky Pig in it? He had no underpants on either? Porky He's not an idiot. He has to have to be presentable. Uh, You know, they always say no shirts. They never say no pants, no service. True. Also, there's no alliteration there. Maybe his lawyer will be able to, uh, you know, uh, argue that. Uh, Police say Benjamin Stearman went into the... Have a look at these munchkins. uh, (laughs) Went into the store last month and exposed himself to the clerk. He's being charged with lewd and lascivious conduct and violating his probation conditions... From a previous sex offense. Uh, so it's his thing. He likes to walk around with his pants guys off. Guys need any glaze? Yeah, and there you go. That is what we have in the uh, bizarre file for you this morning. Uh, we have a call I've been told we need to go to. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Who's this? I love my family. Oh, oh my God. God. David Morales. Hey. He finally hey, called in. It's I'm so impressed. Good, Gary. How are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm climbing the walls. And, I don't, and if, I, if, I, if, I, if I see my reflection in a mirror, I'm going to jump through the friggin' mirror. If you see your reflection in a mirror, you're going to jump That means he's no longer a vampire. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I call every year. I want to wish my number one girl, Kathy Sweet T. Romano, uh, Claire, Rochelle, and Diane a very happy Mother's Day. That's very nice. How about you, You got a good heart there, Gary. You know, I do it every year. It's tradition. You can't speak. Look, man, you guys are my family. I love my family. I just wish to Christ I was back to work again, man. We yeah. do as well. Uh, yeah. It will come. It, you know, it, it will happen. It's going to have to happen, and, but uh, you, you just hang in there, all right? And, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm helping people every day, but you know what? Uh, 
I, I need a break, too. I, I'm looking forward to a concert, and we I don't even know if we're even going to get to see a concert in September right now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll wait and see. What have you been doing to, uh, you know, kill some time? Uh, helping others, my, get my house in order. Have uh, you considered learning the cello? Uh, <laughs> look, man, I, I'm playing rock and roll, and I'm drinking a lot of friggin' beer in the afternoon listening to Pierre Robert. Oh, uh, okay. well, there you go. Well, we appreciate the support, hey, as hey, always. Speaking of beer, I have a shout-out. If you can give Dave, Mike from Dave's Limousine came over here, came over to my house last week from Jersey. Huh. It dropped me off a care package of uh, beer and cash. Huh. Beer and, and, cash. and I want to say thank you, Dan. Can you make sure you guys give him a shout out? He's a great guy. We're yes. we'll do a, yeah. we'll do a shout out for we him. Know I, I truly mean it. I truly mean it, Preston, Rochelle, Diane, and Claire. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. That's thank very you. kind thank of you, guy, Gary. Uh, I, I miss you guys, though. I miss you guys terribly, and... Uh, Hey, look, I, I just want to get back to the swing of things, too, you know. I got you. Listen, before you go, people were asking, you know, that they'd never heard the follow-up from you, how your health was. You'd, and you'd had strep throat, right? Uh, listen, man, I think I had the COVID-19. Yeah. It was no respiratory, upper respiratory effect. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't breathe. Well, that would look, be... Look, so I, I just asked for the strongest uh, uh, antibiotics, penicillin, 900 milligrams, and I was doing drinking a lot of water, getting a lot of rest, and I didn't drink alcohol for 15 days. All right, well, I'll tell you what you you I sound infinitely better so we're you glad did. to hear that i did good i just I, look i'm look i did good and i just want to say one more thing that thing that you're doing for the essential workers with the with the signs outside their door while my girl is an essential worker and my next door neighbor is a nurse i was wondering if you can stop by g love's house and chop off one <laughs> for my girl man She's yeah g love lives in uh in uh cape cod no, that, that's probably the nickname there. of the girl no, that's, that's my that's my other middle name too g love gary love oh gary love i love that that's great gary love, I got, gary I, got, love. I, got, I got the tattoo love on my uh, right leg i had that for like 15 years dude now. we got to get you like in a real like a three-piece no, no, gary love respect, with all due respect I, I think my girl really deserves it. she hasn't had a break in a while send us send us the address or like Casey, know the address, and we'll, we'll try to do it. Call Casey. He'll come by. Well, 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 Casey, look, man, I'm going to leave. When I hang up with you, I want to call back. I want to give him my number. I'm only eight miles away from your house right there at the studio. Is that right? Girl, He's only eight miles away from us? I'm only eight miles from the studio. I'm, I live in Juanita Park. I know where you live. I know what street you live on. And uh, and Nick has a lot of signs. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would he just texted uh, me. My, uh, na- my neighborhood would love to see something like that. And, and all I have three other workers on my block that would love to see something like that. They deserve it, man. I want to give them the props. All right. Well, g- all right. get us the information. We'll work hey, with you, okay, hey, Gary? Listen, man, thank you for everything what you're doing, guys. You guys rock. And you make me, you make my day, you make me my day every day. All okay. right. Excellent. All right, all right, Gary. Hang in there. Thanks for the call, buddy. Yo, tell Michelle, have a great Mother's Day. Diane and, and, and Claire. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And Sweet Tea Romano. And Sweet Tea Romano. Yeah, that's my girl. Sweet Tea Catherine Romano. Yes. Right. She loves. Gary Love. Gary Love. Like Gary Love. in the world. Kathy Sweet Tea Romano. All right. All right. Take care, Gary. Right, Gary, love. Bye-bye. We love you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. You got three testicles. <laughs> Mr. Love's on line three. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Love. Dude, it's like you're dragging him out of a, like a bar. He's yeah. like, I love my family. <laughs> <laughs> I love my family. I have three testicles. Getting every last burden. Yes, Mr. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I had three testicles. All right. Uh, Marissa wanted me to point out that we are currently out of signs, uh, so we do not have the um, uh, uh, hero signs. But 
There is a now a printable version that you can get on PrestonandSteve.com. To be placed in one's window, perhaps. Probably a window, I think, is is what that'll be. And, uh, you know, not to, unless you want to get... You fat-ass piece of shit. Didn't mean to hit that. That's all right. You want to get the sign created. I'm sure. Marissa, is it a, is it the a vector? Um, okay, so it's, oh, a it's vector. A vector. It's a vector version. So if you wanted to take it to a print shop, it's oh, actually yeah. it's, it's high quality. So well, listen, that's you excellent. Can, you can either print it out on your own, or if you wanted to go to a print shop, you, it's it's the vector art design. Uh, vector, I believe, is the format that it's. Uh, it's the vector vector. <laughs> it's the vector yeah, vector. Right. Uh, uh, we're gonna come back in a second. We'll ask a lesson question. We'll get the trash music news. Give some stuff away. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve full show podcasts, plus the MM Archives podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve show podcast. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's get some stories, shall we, Steve? What's yes. going on this morning? Of course, Justin Bieber is taking a break from music in order to put family first. Said Bieber, quote, like the Bible says, no man is an onion. <laughs> oh! I don't think that's even remotely oh. right, yeah. Nicholas Cage asking the state of Nevada to speed through a license so he can marry his new girlfriend, Erica Koik. Answering the question that it might be rushing into this a bit, Cage affirmed that Erica is the one for him, or at least a one for him. Oh, my God. And finally, a new book on the TV show The View claims Rosie O'Donnell's anger against Elizabeth Hasselbeck was partly rooted in sexual tension. O'Donnell says she never forgave Hasselbeck for making fun of her penis. Oh. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. I wanted to mention this. I, I meant to get to this several days ago, but we never had an opportunity. But apparently now it's made it onto uh, Twitter, and there's been polls and so on and so forth. But an, a listener had emailed me and posed this particular question and uh, was curious how you guys would answer this. When taking a shower, do you wash your legs? While taking a shower. So I saw this start to pop up, you're right, probably a couple of days ago, yep. and about the question. I do. Uh, I don't, uh, you know. Every morning? I shave my legs every morning as well. <laughs> uh, no, no. So, uh, but I, I basically like a high kick up, you know. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you yeah. wash your legs? And then I do that. I, I, but uh, do you guys? I never wash my legs. Yeah, no, I don't Any think I've washed my legs since I was a kid. Probably. Really? Yeah. I don't. I, I don't understand. Why not? I, I, well, I, I think we know how the bed bugs came in here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. My my legs are fine and dandy. I don't have any trouble with them at all. Why don't you wash them though? All the soap washes down. Like that's I exactly. It. I understand. I, that. I get down to my like my thighs, and but I'm not gonna. I mean, do you wash the bottoms of your feet too? Yes. In between. In between every, every time. In between every time. No. Oh, I swear, every time. That's not how you do it. You do a handstand. <laughs> I have a brush. I have a brush on the top of the ceiling. There. Uh, I, I'm not like an every time guy. I, every time I will go down to the knees. Every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say 70% of the time I go down to the ankles. And then like. You're 10, always going down. And then 10% of the time I'll get my feet. <laughs> so, no, so, so yeah. So for me, it's, it's um, you know, lathered up my legs down to my ankles. I'm standing in water. So my feet are pretty much taken care of. And uh, See, that's what I think about my legs. Yeah. Do you have a like a little shelf in your shower? Yeah. Like yeah. a little um, 
Yeah, something like, you can sit on if you want to. What do you think it's there for? To put your leg up no, there so you can put, wash it, your no, leg? It's to put 75 conditioners <laughs> in it. And one shampoo and bottle? And one shampoo uh, bottle, which yeah. I have to shuffle around to find. <laughs> so this is a little bit of my OCD, but I don't think that I could actually take a shower and, and do what you guys are saying, like wash to my knees and then get out. Like I'd think about, oh, I'm going to try this. And right. I, I would go to get out. So I to cannot it. bring myself to do it. I've got to finish the rest of the leg, the feet, the toes. Yeah. Do you wash your hair? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think they should have? And um, they probably do. But Preston, you know, like uh, when you go to a golf course, they have those little things you could step on that will clean your, your golf shoes. Sure. They should have something like that for the shower where you can just, yeah, you don't have to like the bottom of your feet. That's not a bad idea. There's actually, there used to be, we used to have in in one of our showers, one of our iterations of showers, is like a a rubber mat with um, little rubbery nubs, bristles that you kind of do your feet on. And that was, yeah, the thing of the golf course, it it also gets the side of your shoes too. So there's, there's brushes on the side and on the bottom. So I take my shoes off in the shower. So, yeah. Oh. Are you supposed to do that? <laughs> oh, here's something that's yeah, easy feet. There you go. There's always an invention. Actually, I'm always late to the game. Steve, in college, you had to wear uh, sandals in the shower. And I, because and of I, I, diseases foot, and stuff, right? I, And I learned the hard way my freshman year. I got a terrible, terrible case of athlete's foot. Yeah. Showering barefoot. And, and I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's why you do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, it, do you know, so you, you say you, you just kind of let the water go down. Well, I get down to my knees every single time. Um, Are you a scrubber? Will you like I, I have a loofah. body? You do really yeah, okay. Yeah, so, or a, I guess it's a poof, right? Dude, it's a loofah technically is a sponge. A yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just bar soap. So and I also so somebody I'm very particular about my soap too, but it's expensive and I like liquid soap, but I got to make sure that it's like paraben free. Wow. I know why because like I don't know I'm like worried about getting cancer through soap. I don't and even know like, what paraben is. Me neither, but yeah. somebody said it to me one time. Like, St. Ives doesn't have parabens in it. Most so. products have taken paraben out. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, uh, you know, it's just, I've never done it. Uh, my, my legs are clean. I don't smell bad. I don't have diseases. Well, you're, you're what winning, you then. Wait, what, what was that? Uh, <laughs> smell bad thing? I don't know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Relax, dirty legs. Relax, dirty legs. Dirty legs. Well, you guys are in the majority because uh, 80% of the voters or the people who, who took this particular Twitter poll that I saw do uh, wash their legs every time they go into the shower. All right, how about how how uh, comprehensive is your buttocks cleaning? Oh, my God, it's like the most clean <laughs> of everything. Do you, do you have a removable shower yeah. handle? Absolutely. I you, don't. you should not live in a house without one. I agree. Because, because there's that. no way you can get the undercarriage. Yes. Uh, it's impossible. Sure and uh hey, uh, can. the steps for? I know. You got, what are you, what are you, cartwheeling in the shower? How are you sure? No, you're, you get, your hands are soapy and wet, and you rub them in, down mm-hmm. in there, and, you can, and then you can do the same thing with water. Yeah, how are you sure you're getting all the soap off, though? Because I know I'm getting all the soap <laughs> off. I don't have soap residue left on my hands. Oh, man. I, well, I, I agree with you on this one. I don't have a removable shower head. Uh, nah. I, I mean, I, I don't either. This yeah. room is divided right I, now. It really is divided. But you know what I hate is when I am getting the soap and stuff out of the, the crack area. Your butthole. Well, no. I hate it like when <laughs> like somebody walks into the bathroom because I'm like bent over. You know, making sure that the water gets you know what you right could in do? there. I, I mean, you could... <laughs> Close the door. 
Oh, I do close the door. Okay. They just walk in without knocking? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, dude. let me shower. You know how, like, your cats don't give a crap what you're doing? Yeah. They, you know, well, the same. Remove two of those legs and make them arms and, yeah. and, uh, and turn them into children. Out. And yeah. that's exactly what you get. Yeah. My kids do not care. I like feel listen, like I'm vulnerable when I'm bent over Nick, with water current. With the removable shower head thing, too. Yeah. It feels great on your it's balls. The, <laughs> yes, it, it does feel great, on your, great on your balls. It really does. Uh, Honestly, it, it's like a thousand little hookers. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, all right. I've never had a thousand little hookers, but I'll, I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> it's That's just right. wonderful. I've never used the removable never? thingy now. On your shack? I don't need to. Yeah. All right. I got to just get water up in there using my hands. All right. Mm. Don't women use that to uh, pleasure? pleasure themselves with? Yeah, yeah. that's usually the women. I that. use it. <laughs> I have a bidet now. I, I never <laughs> leave the toilet. That's right. I'm you pleasuring twenty four seven. Casey, I have a random question for you uh, with the shower head. But um, when uh, you you and I used to go to the fantasy show bar growing up, yes. Did you ever see the shower show that they had oh, there? Of course. And so what was the shower show? So. Uh, that was the place where they the announcer would say, "Bear in the air for you guys out there, topless and bottomless, Texas wild, but Jersey style." You know that that whole yeah, thing, the yeah. whole spiel, which was fantastic when you're an 18 year old kid. <laughs> and they had a show in the backseat that you had to pay a little extra for. Uh, I don't really know how it was legal, but they it was a, a pretty much a full on lesbian show, and they would uh, often incorporate a shower head. Really? Yeah. Not often. It was it was a shower show. It was a shower it was, show. It was it was it was, was it, in, it was in a, Steve, a a faux shower. It was a corner of, the, of this room. That was all tiles. Okay. And it was a full-on shower. I wonder oh. if you and I were ever there at the same time. Probably. Yeah. Probably after a Phillies game or something. Exactly. Um, Dollar the, to get in with a exactly. Phillies ticket. Yeah. This um, guy's blocking my view. His head is huge. <laughs> but Steve, they would take <laughs> they would take the shower head, and instead of the constant, like, shh, they would make it that, like that one, oh, you know? Yeah, and they, they, would, yes. they would ramp up the performance, uh, and it was it was certainly a show, but there was it, there was a shower show at the Fantasy Show Bar. But the reason that I brought it up was because there was a detachable shower head. <laughs> Nick, I have a vivid memory of the one girl saying to the other girl afterwards, oh, my God, I, I don't know if I can walk after that. I was like... I don't know if she's, like, acting or not, she like, that is so And hot. then the girl says, I don't know if I can walk after that. When you were 18 or 19, you could go to the Fantasy Show Bar, um, and because they it was BYO. So, uh, wait, was it BYO? No, it was no alcohol. No alcohol, whatsoever, right. So that's why it was 18 bring your own shower head. <laughs> right. Uh, wow. So I didn't realize that they would go that elaborate, that it was a uh, tiled yeah. corner with that. It was pretty yeah. crazy. Interesting. Because you remember the scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin with uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks with these. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's her. I like that scene, though. Her friend. <laughs> I love when, uh, as Rogan comes in. <laughs> and she does. She she's so caught up in the whole thing. Yeah. She doesn't realize the guy she was all set to have sex with is now changed to a completely other guy. Yeah. Hang on. Let me go to uh, Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. You guys were on. Thank you, Mike. What's up, buddy? All right. So you guys want to know the perfect way to make sure your butthole's clean? Yes, please. <laughs> all right. After you're done doing what you need to do to clean it, you bend it or you spread your feet. And if you got one of those shower heads that has a stream on it, you aim it up there, and it's like an external enema. Like an, an external, external enema. Okay. An external, external enema? External. external. External, sorry. Where, you know, you don't have to stick the hose up there. Sure. <laughs> you don't have to stick the entire shower head. But if you want water. 
Could you imagine? Oh, I think I got carried what you, away. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, listen, can you remove hoses from a rectum? <laughs> uh, I had an incident. Uh, no, I agree. Call Horizon I... Surf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, the plumbing. Hey, uh, listen, oh, they could and they, they would they be there anything. on time. Yeah. yeah. We've used them twice. Not for that, That's but we've right. used them for other stuff. Yeah. But he's just using such a powerful jet. Hmm. Listen, I had one that was too powerful. Nick, I'm sure you know. You're, you're, you're in the same <laughs> yeah. club. Cleaned elephants. And uh, it sounds like it, it's, then your, your, whole, your stuff becomes a speed bag. you, you got to ratchet are, it down a bit. You're going to hurt yourself cleaning so much. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> do you use bar soap? Do you use soft soap? Do you soft use, soap, like, you know, body wash. Do you use conditioner when you shower? No. Okay. No, God, conditioner's a waste of time. And what, you. If you have short hair, do you use product in your hair? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Dapper Dan, man. Uh, you know what? And speaking of bathing, Steve, there was another story that you sent me yesterday. Uh, some people uh, who own pools will use their pool <laughs> as a... a uh, as, yes, it is. Yeah, essentially to uh, clean themselves off. Uh, chlorine, Kathy. Kathy, you'll be surprised. <laughs> lay, lay the stacks on... Uh... Uh, okay, so according to a new survey presented by the Water Quality and Health Council, 51% of Americans reported using a swimming pool as a communal bathtub, <laughs> using the pool as an alternative to showering or rinsing off after engaging in uh, exercise, yard work, or whatever it may be. Even though 64% of Americans know that pool chemicals don't eliminate the need, eliminate the need to shower, people continue to do it anyway. Uh, it says, when dirt, sweat, personal care products, and other things on our bodies react with chlorine, there is less chlorine available to kill germs. Uh, and rinsing off for just one minute does remove most of the dirt, sweat, or anything else on your body. I think this is for maybe like a public pool where there's a lot of people getting oh, in right, right. and using up all the chlorine power. Yes. Because uh, I, listen, if I, in, in the summertime, and our pool is open now, but it's been too cold to, to go swimming, if I exercise... Rather than go up and take a shower, I was going to take a dip, like a little ten minute swim or so. I mean, yeah. you'd be outside sweating anyway. If you were going to, if you're like, if you're outside, if you you're going to sweat, you yeah. t- you towel yourself off or whatever, and just go into the to the pool. I yeah. see that's fine in the communal situation. I think that's an issue, right? It's just saying that the that the chlorine works less because it's being used up for what it's used for to kill all that. Uh, all but you that. don't substitute that for like. A shower, like you wouldn't no, run like, out in the morning and jump in the pool no, and then go to work. No, you will you ever clean your ass in the pool? <laughs> um, it kind of does get. It clean. does, whether you want yeah. to or not. Yeah. Now um, you have salt water. Yes, and, and we we are now getting a pool. It's about my wife's dream to always have a pool, and mm-hmm. so we're finally doing that. And we're but going, the, the, the salt, salt water creates a chlorine uh, in a, a cl- sense. Okay, you're just not you're not adding the chemical chlorine to it, from what I understand. All right. So yeah, but it's just salt. Um, do you have a shower outside? Nope. Why? I'm just, I'm thinking, like, that that would be awesome to do that, like, to... To, to take an outside shower. Well, yeah. And then so get like, in the pool and clean your ass. Like, if I was mowing the lawn, um, before I got into the pool, I would probably rather, like, just kind of, like, rinse the grass and stuff right. off and then hop into the I pool. See. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. in with, you know, like, stuff all over my legs or things yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know, grass clippings. But part of the reason, and, and I never quite understood this, of why they ask you to take a shower yeah, yeah. before you go into the pool... The reason being is because hair products, sunscreen, things like that that are on your body, oh. they want you to get as much of that off as it can, as you can because it's going to be used up. The chlorine is going to be used up in cleaning that right. when, you, when you go into the pool. It and diminishes the potency of that. Exactly. And then 
And in the long run, it's going to cost more to keep treating the pool, you know? So that's why they ask you to shower before you go did, in. That makes sense. Those um, uh, deprivation tanks, did you have to shower before you went? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they ask too. you to shower before you go in. And yeah. they said, like, lotions, hair products, and stuff like that can actually, you know, yep. damage the tank. Yeah, so. they, they, yeah, they don't want you, um, yeah, they don't want you showering and doing all the treatment before you go into the sensory deprivation tank. No, they, they, they want you no, to shower No, they want off. you to shower. Right, right. Shower off, but they don't want you to, like, put on all products oh, and stuff right, like that. Right, yeah, right. they don't want you. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Casey, we had an outdoor shower growing up, and uh, we didn't have a pool. I wish that we did, but, um, I, you know, I had two younger brothers. We would do yard work all the time, and my dad specifically put it in uh, kind of for that reason. Like, Is it expensive to do that? Cause an I'm outdoor shower? I can't imagine it, it would be. Well, it wasn't uh, prohibitively expensive. You could only run it eight or nine months out of the year. You know, you would have to shut it off in the, in the winter, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it, it got, it, it was so great that it sort of became the primary shower because once you start having an outdoor shower and taking them, it's, it's a different experience. It's yeah. fantastic. Can't you just run a hose out of your sink on the second floor? <laughs> you can just hang it you off can, the side. Yeah. Well, cause listen, I have a spigot obviously, uh, you know, for a hose, but that's just, that's just cold water. So in order to run, you need all to get some hot like, water out there and stuff like that. But I, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, I uh, elected to, you know, like I, I cut my own lawn and everything like that. And then when it's all said and done, like I usually, you know. Eight You're times, a mess. Eight, well, I'm a mess. And like eight times out of ten, like when I walk into the house, I will have to walk through the laundry room. And I'll just like disrobe there and throw everything into the washer. That's and so then I know. Oh, I didn't mean to turn you off. Without working hard, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Mow the lawn. Do you unbutton or just tear the shirt over? Yeah. Good. God damn, I was working hard. <laughs> I really have to clean my ass. <laughs> By the way, somebody texted and says, I just turned on the radio in my office and I'm hearing somebody talk about using a shower hose as an enema. What the F <laughs> did I come in on here? Uh, oh, by the man, way, I really worked hard. <laughs> my butthole's are stinking. By the way, uh, the survey comes as experts from the council, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and, which I didn't know existed, the Pool and Hot Tub Alliance. Oh, that's oh. great. Uh, that's what uh, Darth Vader faces off in the second movie. <laughs> Work to educate the public on uh, healthy and safe swimming. We shall crush the Pool and Alliance. Yes, my name is Mortimer Sanchez, and I'm with the Pool Alliance. And we think you're a bad leader. The survey also revealed. I don't care. The survey also revealed that twenty four percent of Americans would go into a pool within one hour of having diarrhea. Oh, uh, uh, see, that, that's now listen. Yeah, so. that's why public pools are are just um, not uh, my thing. However, all day on the toilet. You know what I need to do? I need to take a swim. <laughs> Get some of that residual out. Uh, Honestly, for- again. Preston, toilet bidet, loving it. Uh, 48% reported that they never shower before swimming. Uh, most people do not know that pool chemistry can be impacted by personal care items such as makeup and deodorant as well. So that's that's part of it. I'm, well, I'm going to be aware of that then because, you know, I'm very hygienic. I like to make sure I have all my proper deodorants and various things on so I smell pleasant. Yeah. So uh, as I use the pool, I'll make sure that I clean the majority <laughs> of that. Yeah. I just really like to smell pleasant. Uh, to check the chlorine and pH levels for a personal public pool, the council is offering free pool test kits uh, through its 15th annual Healthy Pools campaign on its website. This is the alliance. This is the <laughs> Pool and Hot Tub Alliance. Did you mention in the story, Preston, uh, particular uh, sunblocks affecting... I didn't mention you this. Okay. go into the pool now. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Cushing. Uh, Mark Tarkin. This uh, is the finest pool you'll ever swim in. <laughs> 
Uh, what were you saying, Nick? Mm. Um, Sunscreens? Yeah. The, no. the reason that I bring it up is that I went um, I went uh, on a snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> Not a scuba. Snookles or a snorkel. <laughs> But a snookle. It's the latest craze that's sweeping the beaches of America. Snookling. It's some Beach Boys. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, be Go great. outside, hang some hanging tan, yeah. snookling all day long. Yeah. Surfing oh, USA. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I know what the snookle is, if I may suggest. Ladies and gentlemen. Such an idiot. <laughs> All right, anyhow. Snorkeling. Oh, yeah. I went snorkeling, and you, <laughs> you weren't allowed to wear... You weren't allowed to wear the sunblock that you that you brought. You had to use the sunblock that they provided for you, and it's because the um, uh, sunblock that most people wear is pretty damaging to the reef. And I was wondering oh. if that if it would be oh. damaging at all to like a pool filter or uh, to the salt water. These are all good questions. Yeah. yeah, because uh, some of the chemicals are pretty arch and uh, can have that effect. Yeah, and this is I've been snookling many times <laughs> in my life, uh, but this was the first time ever on a snorkel trip where the, the, I had to do this, and uh, you uh, weren't allowed to wear what you had. What so you brought. They, they provided. They the provided it for you. Do you remember yeah. what it was? What what um, type it was? I don't. It was like an industrial it, battery. It was called off. Reef Killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> reef Killer sunblock. Uh, a snookle, by the way, as you're snorkeling, has yes. a second tube that goes up back onto the beach so that someone could lo- load M&Ms into them <laughs> so that you can eat. You're hungry. That, that's what a snookle is? Right. A snookle is a second food tube. Okay. So that you can swim longer. Everybody wins. That's great. They do have snooba. Snooba. Snooba is legit. I've heard of that, yeah. Snooba. Apparently, yeah. Snooka, snookle is uh, legit as well. Are you kidding me? No, I'm serious. If you can swim, you can snookle. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Snookle offers shallow dives. Approximately 10 to 40 feet without cumbersome tanks and no diving certification. Necessary. That looks like snooba. It does. Uh, so what, the hose, they, right? what they do is, well, yeah, they have a um, uh, they have a, a floating tank yeah. that stays above the water, uh, and you just uh, you basically take the regulator down, and it's a long uh, tube, a long hose uh, that you can breathe in. We're getting ready to get recert or to go into a refresher course uh, hey. for scuba to get set for our vacation. So I'm looking forward to it. But I'll ask about uh, snookle. Yeah, <laughs> and ask about the sunblock too. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> thank you. We call them Kluki. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking of? No, you said we need a refresher course. Oh, I'm sorry. So I heard that. Because hey. <laughs> in the second Fletch movie, he mentions Klukies, <laughs> which are the the people who show up for the Ku Klux Klan who aren't regular members. <laughs> <laughs> Klukies. Yeah, we call them Klukies. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got to take a break. Oh, uh, we got to take a break. All right, so we're going to do that very thing. We'll come back in uh, in just a moment. <laughs> at, uh, thank you for sharing your stories. We'll be back in just a second or two. Preston and Steve. All 93.3 Looking for great pay and a supportive team? Ready to help deliver what matters? Join UPS and a seasonal job here could turn into a rewarding career. Right now, we're hiring warehouse workers, package delivery drivers, and tractor-trailer drivers near you. All positions offer competitive pay, and bonuses are offered for some roles. Shift your life. Shift your world. Shift to Team UPS today. Apply now at upsjobs.com slash shift. Make the shift. Make a difference. 